And welcome back, everybody. It is the modern gaming edition of the Redleaf Retrocast. It's called the Modern Cast. It's episode 34, July 2020 games. It's myself, Jay, and JD, that's me, back for more. Yourself, Jay, and JD. So we're you two people That's now. right. Hey, look, I am so awesome and drinking, so maybe my words uh, went together, or maybe I'm just that awesome that you got to count me twice. You've lost a letter and then gained a letter. I don't get it. Oh, well. Oh, did you hear that? It was wonderful. Well, good for you. Been on this Vermont hipster beer kick. Certain people. The night can the day, the nights continue on. We watched some bad wrestling <laughs> before uh, recording this. Hey, we said it was good. We both agreed that it was good. And second of all, some people can't drink at ten a.m. in the morning. I mean, who's stopping you? Uh, I've got to go somewhere later. So, kind of life. Nah, come on. Public transportation. So this is, yeah, for those th- wondering... Th- 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 hang on. Stop. Say that again. Oh. Public transportation. What? In today's modern sure. age, do you think that is yeah, a safe what's the idea? Yeah, what's the problem? Uh, the COVID? What's that? <laughs> okay, go ahead. I heard it's conspiracy by those right-wing activists or whatever political thing just that we're talking like about this the week tiktok ah oh, the evil tiktok invading our personal lives and telling us all our secrets what will our dances ever i don't know i lost it so this was this is frost beer works from heinsberg vermont plush double ipa imperial pale ale one pint eight percent alcohol by volume i'm a fan but don't drink it with uh it's not a good uh, meat pairing beverage, I would say. So don't drink the beer try. with meat. Right. So I have another one, uh, actually not from Vermont. So uh, I, I, I went to New Hampshire next door, basically. And that one actually says drink with beans. And I had that with meat, and it was way better. So, so you're saying that you need to change your palate for when you're drinking these beers to make them even better. Indeed. It's the same as uh, kind of whiskey and pouring it in specific glasses or scotch or, you know, you know the drill, Jay. I don't need to explain these things to you. July games. So we're discussing five games again. I mean, just before before you move on, I kind of drink my whiskey and scotch and stuff like an animal, but that's fine. Mm. I just usually put it in a plastic Mm. bottle and mix cola and drink it. Mm. Mm. Heathen. Indeed. I might have to sacrifice a goat just to cleanse my mind of what you have done. July games. Moving on. July Games, my mom will join us at the tail end of the podcast, closes out discussing Ghost of Tsushima and what she thinks. Let's see if she can pronounce it right. <laughs> oh, I have $5 on. Have you recorded with her yet or not? No, I have not. Okay, don't tell her what it's called. Just give her the name, type it out, and I have 5 bucks on her stuffing it up at least three times. Three times stuffing it up. Got it. I usually ask her, like, what game she's... uh. She's up for review, but anyways, we got... Well, of course we have Ghost of Sushi. <clears throat> we got Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2, Grounded. I know it's early access, but it's a game nonetheless that a lot of people are playing. Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disguise. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it that. That's false Paper Mario, Origami King is our last one. So there we go. Those are our five games, Jay. And this, this is looking like our last... 
Possibly our last modern game cast until maybe even the PS5 comes out. Look, I'm sure if something big comes out or if um, you and I just want to talk about a game, we can do that. Or hell, maybe we'll put something solo up and be like, JD, I play this. Here's my thoughts on it. You can put it up by itself. Hmm, yeah, we could do that. We could do our Halo versus Resistance series that we kind of spoke about before. We did, because I kind of want to go out and play Resistance because I never played it. Yeah, I've I only played like a bit of the first one, but I have all three, and then I have Game Pass, so I could easily play the Halos. I've played the Halos. I've already I... played I've already played the first Halo for the podcast, but no, it wasn't Halo. It was uh Gears of War versus Resistance. What am I talking about? Was it Gears? Well, either way, like I played both. I, I played both of those. I guess I'm playing Resistance. Yeah. So we could do that. We could. Because yeah, uh, we got Wasteland 3 coming out in August. I want to discuss Beyond a Steel Sky. That's a sequel to a point-and-click adventure that uh, came out years and years ago. And uh, it's not getting the best reviews, but it looks like something you would really like, Jay. It's kind of in the Walking Dead realm Ooh. of storytelling. So it's like a Telltale game. Yeah, it's exactly like that. I'm in. You've, you've, already, yeah. you've already converted me. So who knows? We might come back for an episode for August. Who knows? Is Tony Hawk in August so, or is that in September? I don't know. Could be any time. Fair enough. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll splice August and September together. We shall still see. Still doesn't put us out. Put us out an episode until October. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. How you been? I've been good. How have you been? Yeah. Oh, you know, drinking beer, working. Fair enough. I've just not been... getting not getting the coronavirus. It's a big big plus in my life right now. That is also a very big plus. I have been watching a crap ton of ECW, and it is got a not bad undercard, but a terrible main event scene. Mm, and what podcast would that be for? Uh, that would be for Smack It Down. Ah, I'm sure our listeners have heard of such a thing. I'm sure they have too. And I don't think this week we have a guest, but that's fine, because after last week having an hour and a half of hearing the pretty much origin stories and up-to-date of Heathen Combat in New Zealand, I don't think we need a guest. Mm, I see. Oh, what was that? Don't worry about it. Oh, Mom's yelling in the back again. It's fine. I'm going to move in a moment. Ah. Alright, so let's get our first game going here. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon Dose. Did you ever play the first one, Jay? I did not. Ah. So the uh, so there was a sequel. Um, so the 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 little background loosely is there was a Kickstarter for Bloodstained uh, Spiritual of the Darkness or whatever. I fuck. I just played that game. Uh, Ritual of the Night, and there was kind of an in between. And if it hit its Kickstarter marker, they would they came out with Curse of the Moon, which is a NES version of well the Bloodstained series, and it got. Pretty decent reviews. It was really fun. I got it for the Vita. Yes, I have a Vita. Cool. And it Actually, was super oh, fun. Oh, 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 guess what? Subject of, subject of the Vita. I was going through something in my room um, like a week or two ago at this point. I moved something uh-huh. and I find my frigging stack of Vita things. And I completely forgot that I had this because that just goes to show how often I've used the Vita. But I found my Vita. Oh, how about that? Maybe you could get Curse of the Moon. Maybe I can. <laughs> I, I mainly had it for yeah, Danganronpa. Like bucks. But um, it, it, yep, it's a thing. Danganronpa and Persona is all I had it for. I also have Danganronpa for the Vita. So, Curse of the Moon came out July 10th of 2020. Uh, I played the Switch version. 
Uh, if there was a Vita version, I would have played it. It has a Metacritic score of 82 out of 100, so not the greatest, not the worst. Kind of middle of the road. And I I like what they did with the second one. Uh, they put co-op in it. They added more elements. It's still exactly the same game. Where if you're char- So you have multiple characters. You can switch between them. Castlevania 3 style, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if a character dies, then watch out, kitty cat. Oh, he's looking to jump. He's looking to jump, Jay. Sid, Sid, don't do it. Sid, oh, don't, no. Sid, Sid, don't be a douche. Don't. Do, oh, oh boy. Well, if you hear the mic, just start going crazy. That's you know why. Why don't you like just quickly move him? Nope. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sid, you yeah, son of a goes. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm always worried when he does that because uh, sometimes the mic gets a l- little staticky whenever I stop talking. Ah. And there's no way to fix that in the audio. And I don't realize that until after we've recorded. There's just no way to tell. Well, you don't sound can... static if that helps. Yeah, so. Uh, back to Curse of the Moon 2. Uh, like I said, your characters can die uh, as you go through a stage. And if you complete the stage... I should have tested this as I was playing it. Because I like the game so much. I did really enjoy this. This is uh, kind of Streets of Rage for uh, love of the game. Uh, for me. I think Streets of Rage 4 is still a little better. But, anyways. In the first one, if a character dies, then in order to bring them back to life, you have to replay the stage back from the point in which they died. So it's got... Like that, it, that last save point. It's got Conda Permadeath. Kinda, yeah. So I'm not sure if Curse of the Moon did that, because when I would... When, I, when a character would die, uh, when I got to the boss fight... Um, it would kick me back, and the person would be back alive. So I'm not really sure. Uh, I did watch a video of a couple of Let's Players playing co-op just to see what that was like. Uh, it, it's tons of fun. It looks like it works perfectly well. You unlock characters uh, as you complete the story again. It's very... It, I mean, it's easy enough for me to say, if you're a fan of the first one, you're gonna like this one. And it's it goes for about 20 bucks on the Switch store. I'd say it's worth it. It's one of the more solid, uh, you know what you're getting, uh, kind of games of 2020. Very happy. It's got an 8.7 user score, and so everyone who's a fan of this uh, series is quite satisfied. I'm satisfied as well. Well, that's all you need from a game. If you're satisfied, you're satisfied, and that is a yeah. good thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I play. I, I beat uh, two boss battles. I pretty much got my fill of it. And the re- the real reason why I stopped playing is I want a physical copy of this. So I'm waiting for limited... I, I read Limited Run Games is going to have a uh, physical release of this. So... How much? Uh, just like... Uh, probably like 30, 35. So pretty so much enough to like buy the digital and then you just pay 10 bucks really for the physical? Yeah, correct. That's usually kind of how it works. Hmm. You just pay the little bit extra and they... they Limited Run Games likes to add a little bit extra uh, fanfare to their releases, like my Streets of Rage 4 physical copy that I got. Uh, I got a cool little instruction manual with the full story, lots of character art. It's almost like an art, art book, really. And then it also came with uh, the soundtrack, which I was I play in my car like at least once a week as I'm going to work. It's a kick-ass soundtrack, so that's what I got extra with There's my no- Streets of Rage contract. Nothing or, better than a, um, than a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I um I really like the friggin' like yeah, the final cool. the uh, sorry not Final Fantasy but the um Bravely Default soundtrack like that gets played from time to time too. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's on my short list of games I want to complete within the next couple years. Uh, especially the second one. I never or bravely was it bravely default second? No, bravely second. That's what it is. Yeah, it's not at all confusing. Bravely default, flying fairy, bravely second, and layer bravely default two. <laughs> not at all confusing, but uh, yeah, I want to play bravely second. Or at least replay the first one because I remember nothing of that game before. Um, probably default second. Things comes go out. wrong. You travel. Wait, did you finish the first one? I don't remember if I beat it or not. You know that you can. That's um, why I want to play it again. Here's a little interesting thing about that game. Like you know, you know how you got to like um, cleanse the crystals. Blah 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 blah. Um, did yeah, you Final Fantasy? Story. Yeah, yeah. Did you know <laughs> that like if you keep like cleansing them, you can actually shatter the crystal and then. It will actually reveal the quote-unquote big twist at the end of the game, like, a little bit early. Cool. Because, um, I don't give too much away if you haven't, like, finished it, but, um, and then on the, uh, the home screen, um, where it says Bravely Default Flying Fairy, uh, it changes, and it actually comes up and spells Bravely Default Lying Airy. Hmm. Okay. Which Ares, one of the characters in the game, if that makes any sense to anyone out there listening who's finished it, you will understand. Nice little nice little Easter egg sort of reference that they put in there. Yeah, there you go. So uh our next game is Grounded. Something I played uh with Joey from the Retro Gaming Podcast. I got this in game game pass, you know. Five bucks. He paid a dollar because it's his first month. Whoa! It's a, it's a game in early access. You can't do much in the game. You can pretty much do outside of like building a super base because it's a base building game, resource management kind of situation. Seven days to die. Uh, Minecraft, Subnautica, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. We've we've all we've all played these games before, one way or another. What separates this one is the fact that it's kind of honey, honey. I shrunk the kids. Uh, but with base building. How had so this you never got, been a thing before this? Because it's such a good idea. Yeah, you'd think it's right in front of your face, or why, or maybe technology just wasn't there to even think about something like this when Honey, the Shrunk, Honey, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was a popular movie in pop culture. Yeah. Because you just couldn't make something like this back then. True, but like, you think that like out of all the generic-ass resource management games we've had lately, like this should have been kind of up there for something. I mean, you got Raft. Raft is kind of fun. That's kind of in a realm of uh, situations, uh, kind of like that. But anyways, uh, Grounded's by Obsidian. So yeah, our Obsidian boys are back. Uh, you pick between four characters. You can play uh, solo. L- pretty slow going and difficult to play solo. It's it's definitely a game that you want to play with friends uh, online. It's, you know, you make your weapons, you upgrade your weapons, you kill... You kill the things. The spiders in this game are fucking terrible. Ter- terrible. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> terrifying. I was saying terrible and terrifying at the same time. So terrible. Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifyingable. So Joey and I were playing this. Uh, he's having a, just a fucking blast with the game. Just exploring, trying to figure out places to go. It's a real shame. We we had a big conversation about. Uh, uh, at least with a couple of his friends and 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 myself, because there there was four of us playing it at, at, a few times. Where we're all we're so sad that games like this have to come out in early access all the time, because you like the game, 
and then you play it for a few days like we did. Then you're pretty much got your fill of it. Yeah. You're not going to get those updates for like a month minimum. And then what? You play it for an hour and you're done again. Did your thing. And then the full release comes out like a year or two later. Is there enough in the game to keep you coming back? That's always the worry rather than just wait until the whole thing's out or have early access and like two months later it comes out full. Right? Where they can get through all the bugs because of the whole online aspect. Mm Hmm. Yeah. So I guess guess maybe I'll come back to Grounded in like three months, six months, twelve months. Game comes game comes out in full. Uh, it, it's very interesting in how you have to manage what resources they are. You have to you 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 analyze them. I really like the death system in the game, where if you die, you uh, you either get respawned at the original point in which you start, or you can set up a camp. And uh, unless it's destroyed, you can just set your spawn point to be at that camp, right? Right. So I really like that. Yeah, and and if you have all your items and everything, you just uh, you drop a backpack where you died, and you can go pick it up. And if you're playing online, uh, nobody else can pick up your backpack but you. That's you're the only one that can see. Kind of like seven days to die in that regard. Yeah, kind of. And if I say that I log out and my backpack's still there. My buddy Joey can then see it because I logged out and he can go pick up my stuff. Huh. So rage quitting then so is like not really if I got a huge if I, big deal. Well, no, look at it this way. Say that I shit man, I got to go. I died. There's no way I can I can waste my time and go get that right now. Could you go get it for me and then uh you know just put it in a box or container and something and then you know we'll pick this up again tomorrow. Just the li- this game has a lot of the little things that make it really fun. It's got a really good addiction loop, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, I, I, I really like how the, the materials. So let's say level one bug is a soldier ant, okay? Level two bug is a, I don't know, just throwing out a... The acid beetle. A, a, the acid beetle, right. Level three is a ladybug. Level four is an... Uh, orb sp- weaver spider and the final boss is like your wolf spiders that just are terrifying they wreck your shit it's it's game over if you come across one you're just you're just trying to book it out of there right uh you upgrade your it's it's kind of like the monster hunter loop where you upgrade your equipment to take on the next big boss animal thing above it so it's got it's got a very good battle loop to it uh you want to you want to protect all your resources and some resources resources will attract other bugs and everything to your base uh i think you popped in in voice chat when joey and i were having a a larval invasion invasion. (laughs) it was a larval invasion into our base and it was like 20 of them we couldn't figure out like Like, why they kept coming what was it was it the grass or what was it uh, I think it, we came to the conclusion it was like the the sap we were gathering in one location. Is that like a legitimately though a feature that is actually true, or is that something you guys are assuming? No, so like you can you can set up lures so 
these you can attract these bugs. So let's say you you're afraid that maybe you set up a temp camp too close to an anthill and there's all these ants. You can set up a flower type lure so the ants will won't come to your base. They'll they'll be attracted to the lure and just hang out over there. So you can do things to prevent those invasions, but it's just things you learn in the game. It's really quite fascinating. Uh, there, it's it's pretty janky in a lot of areas. Like the swimming's really bad. You can't really do anything there. Uh, the exploration factor is still out of this world, where there's um, it, everything just works really well in the game. It's it's very highly recommended. I will definitely revisit the game when it comes out in full. I if if Joey hooks me up because he's really addicted to it. We were we were actively trying to break the game. <laughs> in a lot of areas going into un unmarked map areas that you could get to, but you're clearly not supposed to. We're like building stairs and shit. Uh, really cool stuff. Um, obviously the whole, I think the whole objective is to research study and then de-shrink yourself, get yourself back to normal size. That makes sense. Is there a reason that you're a tiny person? Uh, it seems, First impression is there. Uh, you're meant to just do a temporary research project by being shrunk, but then the shrunk the the shrink ray malfunctioned, and uh, you're all kind of messed up. Huh. So yeah, might I ask a question? Which um sure is something that I have heard about this game, and uh, you didn't touch on, but apparently there's an arachnophobia mode, so like you can actually screw with the spiders a bit and make them not spidery. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's an arachnophobia mode where it's got a, a stage leveler one to six, and the higher you scroll it, the more of a like a just a non-existent blob it becomes. So is that just for the spiders, or is that for like all of the bugs? No, it's just for the spiders. Do you like that feature or what? Because like that's for if it's just for the spiders, that seems a bit odd. Well, I mean, people are more afraid of spiders than say an ant you know i i get that i do but like if you're going to go into the effort to put that as a feature for the game why not put it in there for like everything and make it just a little bit like more fantastical well arachnophobia is more common than say a fear of ants yeah, no no no. i get what you're saying but like it just seems like something yeah. that yeah no i get what you're saying but i imagine that was the decision so how did you play did you play with blobs or did you play with like fully adult mean mother friggin wolf spider looking things oh i I like if you test me for arachnophobia, I might have it, <laughs> but I played it with the full spider thing on, so maybe I don't have it. But I'll will give you I'll give you an example. I have uh the um what's that horror game that came out uh for the PS4 exclusive early in its lifespan? It was called uh, Until Dawn. Until Dawn. I have the Until Dawn VR game. It's like Russia Blood, and there's a level in that in which giant spiders will like fly at your face huge spot like maybe it's cuz of the VR helping but i will not play those levels again <laughs> it, it's fun <laughs> like, um i f it makes me feel like i have the spiders on me <laughs> re7 like in friggin vrs like terrifying isn't it oh yeah re7's terrifying in vr also the uh, the game farpoint I actually recorded me playing this game with a friend when I was living in Toronto, and uh, we were playing Farpoint, and that's when, like, 
at the very beginning of the game, like, oh man, this is cool. You know, you can hold the controller like a gun. We're, we're like losing our minds. This is awesome. And then I see this like creature go behind a rock and I'm like, there's the video is on the YouTube channel, Red Leaf Retrocast. You can look it up. And I'm like, that's a fucking spider. And sure enough, it pops around the rock, leaps at my face, and you just, you hear my reaction, like, whip the controller, whip the VR headset off me, and I, like, freak out, because I think it actually came at me. Your mind just plays tricks on you, man. <laughs> hmm. I've had a buddy of mine who was playing Skyrim in VR, and they fell asleep, and they woke up, and I was so confused as to what the hell was going on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh! My God, we can bring this up right now. It's actually relevant, since we're on the topic. Uh, dreams! Dreams getting VR? Dude. VR mode came out for Dreams. It is the fucking best. Huh. It's it, it it's totally... Okay, so there's a YouTuber uh, called um, Little Big Animation, okay? He's a British dude. He, he's obsessed with Dreams. Uh, he was He's obsessed with Media Molecule. And uh, he just... He just comes out, and he's just this guy that I'm like, okay, he'll find all the good levels, and then I'll replay the good levels. Like, I can't I can't recommend it enough. I love Dreams. I've probably pumped more hours into Dreams in 2020 than I have in any other game. There's a demo of it now. Yes, yeah. definitely play it. Play the demo. Uh, but the VR mode came out, and it's... Absolutely outstanding. Those that don't know Dreams, go back and listen to our uh, January to March uh, uh, episode that we did of 2020 where we reviewed Dreams. And the PS4, PSVR mode came out, and it's everything we wanted. We just had to be a little bit more patient in 2020 until it came out. It's so worth it. Jay, I know when uh, we initially rated Dreams tiered at a B, you're giving, I have to move it up to an A. I thought you were gonna get a good minimum. I thought you were gonna give an S by the sounds of things how you were going with it. But I'm, I'm gonna keep playing because it because it's it's a game based on people's content that they make, right? It does have its little story mode that's pretty good. That's that's great and all, uh, but over the course of 2020 and now this VR mode's coming out. Right now it's an A. By year's end, it could be an S. Hmm. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely upgrading it from B to A with this VR mode that are that is now out. No, that makes um. And it's free. The VR mode is free. It's free to download. Well, you would assume that it was just an update. I suppose like it, they may have charged for it if they really wanted to get some money for it. I'm sure people would have paid for it. But it's yeah, a, it's a good thing that they decided to put it out for free. Like it just um it adds friggin' to a company well, where they can like charge money for things but they just decided for now for free because like what you probably could have charged like 20 30 bucks is that for an add-on uh, i mean the game itself was like 30 dollars, and then they promised vr was going to be at launch but it kept getting delayed 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 and eventually i just like they just went guys we got to come out with this game <laughs> and uh it's august the game came out in uh february so here we are so it was delayed quite a lot for the VR spe- uh, spe- specificity uh, to it all. So, anyways, Grounded's not on Metacritic at all. I'd I'd probably give it, you know, or it's an early access grade, like a B, because there's just not much to do. I had my fill already, with with the exception of building a super base. Uh, we tried building a base when we first started playing, but we just found it easier, and we just wanted to keep exploring. We were so into everything else that it had to offer that we just found a tunnel and and uh, just kind of barricaded the tunnel to be our base. 
That's what we did. Well, I'm sure that once the game gets more content to it, like it actually has the story and stuff flushed out, that I'm sure it will may move up to an A. Well, it is at an A. It may move up to an A. Oh, you mean uh, grounded? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. You thought we were talking about dreams? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still. Look, man, drinking. <laughs> I get you, man. I get you. But um, have you ever fallen asleep in VR? Because like, as I said before, my buddy fell asleep playing Skyrim, and like, he woke up and he was so confused. I mean, I've watched like Hulu and shit in VR, where it feels like I have a seventy-inch screen in front of my face. <laughs> How was that? I mean, they put you in, like, a virtual apartment, and then they put, like, a 70-inch screen on the television, and then you're watching on that. <laughs> I don't know, like, for Hulu or something like that, that just seems a bit excessive, like, just bust around with your TV. I mean, I only have, like, I only have a 32-inch TV, so making it 80 times bigger with my investment in VR. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, the problem is I have a thing on my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. Yeah, moving on. Look, Deadly Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing to Disguise, also on the Nintendo Switch. Big N- Nintendo Switch-heavy podcast, it seems, today. Oh, what By it- Rising Star Games. Ca- also came out July 10th, 2020. Did you ever play the first one? I did not. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a cult classic game. Have you heard of it? I have. All right. No desire to play this one, did you? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, you made the right decision. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. Uh, actually, Metacritic says it was it's by Toybox Games, even though it says Rising Star Games on the side. Uh, interesting. Okay, maybe it's published by Rising Star. I could. I don't care enough to look look that up exactly. It has a 56 on Metacritic, 5.2 user score. This game was trying to emulate the goofy shittiness of the first game. I'm not a fan of the first game. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was boring. This one tried to emulate that, but make it more comical, and the and the comedy just doesn't hit at all. Along with just horrid frame rate issues in the game, like the the over they 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 made uh they made this terrible overworld to it all, where you have to go mission to mission, and the frame rate is like I'd be generous in probably saying ten frames per second. It's atrocious. There's, like, the screen tearing all the time as well. Like, I couldn't play this game more than 30 minutes. I really couldn't. I just didn't find anything interesting. The game itself is broken. And people are saying that's the point. It's like, no, you don't... Like, the first one was bad and stupid, but it it wasn't a badly... It wasn't a badly main game, made game where I felt like it was unplayable. I feel like Deadly Prohibition 2 was just unplayable. And I... I'm not alone on this. There's a lot of people that are big fans of the first one that feel the same way about the sequel here. Hmm. Well. Yeah. I made a bad game's a bad game. Bad game's a bad game. Yeah. Uh, For those that are curious about the summary, if you want to try it out for yourself, uh, in the year 2005, FBI agent York visits La Cari, a small town in New Orleans, where he encounters a mysterious serial murder case alongside his friend, Zach. Friend is in quotes. Ooh. Produced by original creator team, the story takes place in a small town in New Orleans, which was created based on research and interviews. So, yeah. There you go. It sounds like a game. 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't play it long enough to really say anything other than it's probably the worst game we've played this year. Well, so gets a that it gets an immediate F. Be honest with you. Fair enough. If yeah, yep. So dead DP two gets that F. Yep. If that won't even you won't even try to won't defend it. even won't yeah won't even uh, tease you on what I might give Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Hmm. Yeah, I'll reveal that at the end. It's gonna get an S. <sighs> Paper Mario Origami King. Alrighty. Good sir. I have never played a Paper Mario game. I still haven't played a Paper Mario game. Um, I was going to play the demo of this Paper Mario game, but I couldn't find the demo mm-hmm. of this Paper Mario game. Oh, I know. So, Paper Mario, for its first couple iterations... Uh... I mean, you could really go back to Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. Great reviews. Paper Mario on the Nintendo 64 got good reviews. Uh, I never played Super Paper Mario. I believe that was on the Wii. Um, Thousand Year Door is probably the best one. That's what a lot of people regard it as. Uh, I believe it got, like, Game of the Year nominations, too, as well. So, those were all RPGs, all right? right? After Thousand Year Door... They kind of went a different route and focused on more of the adventure rather than an RPG system in their battle system. So then came out, like, the Mario and Luigi series. I like Partners uh, in which, Time and all that. Yeah, I mean, I have um, Mario and Luigi Dream Dream Team or whatever on the 3DS. That's I mean, it was okay. It served a purpose. Uh, Sticker Star came out on the 3DS. Uh, that got mediocre reviews. Color Splash got, like, bad reviews. Nobody liked that. And now we have Origami King. And the more I looked at looked up the game and paid attention to it, the more I was, I was finally intrigued with it. I felt like I could finally get into one, especially after seeing the battle system. And the battle system, uh, there, there aren't your typical RPG elements in Origami King here. Oh? The battle system is more like a puzzle battle system. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have a you have a turntable and you have to manipulate the turntable in order to line up enemies and if you get them perfectly aligned to match up with your weapon skew, then you could attack them with say 1.5 or double damage and uh, so it encourages you to get the puzzle right. And then there's a lot of aspects in the game that could help you out in case like it's definitely a game more geared towards kids in a lot of ways. So I find it a little bit too easy, but I just also found myself uh, enjoying the adventure much more, and the battle system's fun. And there are times where it's where it's challenging, where they they uh, like the boo enemies, where they disappear, and you have to remember their placement and then manipulate the turntable to line everyone up while these enemies disappear. Hmm. So there are challenges to it. The uh, as for the adventure, the it's it's really it really brings me back to why the thousand year door was so popular was you had your different stages of your adventure and upon getting you know one step closer there's like six main areas and you have to each area has its own uniqueness to it to accomplish towards the overall goal and the origami king does this so uh basically the story is 
you uh, pay, uh, Mario and Luigi head to Toad Town and uh, to celebrate uh, Origami Festival. And to- like all the toads are missing. You go to Peach's castle. She comes out looking like origami. And uh, turns out this, uh, this guy, um, the Origami King, mind you, uh, he has turned everything into origami, and then he unleashes, like, super magic or whatever, and turns the world into origami, and there's ribbons all across the Paper Mario world, uh, kind of constricting the world. And so you go from one ribbon to another uh, to unravel it, and then finally Luigi, in the meantime, is looking for the key to get into Princess, Ca- uh, Princess Peach's castle. So each ribbon that you're unraveling uh, comes with its own unique world to it. So, like, ribbon one is kind of your, like, green grasslands area. Ribbon two is, like, Ghost of Tsushima, but in Paper Mario, everything's very samurai-esque. Uh, lots of cu- fall autumn colors. Ribbon three is the desert, so there's a big, like, Egyptian theme to it. Uh, with its own puzzles and own unique story, I'm... Uh, I'm almost done with the fifth ribbon. Yes, which is kind of the undersea area. Oh, God, water levels. Well, it's not a water level. Like, you go undersea, and then there's this world just under the sea. But it's, it's you, you unlock, a, a, you have to find a key to unlock, like, let's call it Atlantis. Okay, so it's not like... Yeah, water, water levels end. No, 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 not not in that traditional sense. Right, right, that's good. Yeah. So the battle system is very unique. I like that. The uh, enemies are, you know, your typical um, Mario enemies. You know, you got your shy guys in there, your um, turtle guys, whatever they're called, Koopas. Koopas. Jesus. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I've been drinking. I've been over this. I know. I didn't say anything. So, uh, the boss battles are really cool. I really like the boss battles. So, they're on the turntable, and uh, you have to manipulate a path in order to attack the boss and kind of figure out a puzzle in which how to uh, attack the boss. And there's, like, hints you can use if you so please. They cost coins. Uh, you gain coins through battles or using uh, confetti to plug holes in the world caused by the Origami King. Uh, you get gadgets and whatnot. These are all things you would have normally gotten through, like, upgrading an R- in an RPG character, right? Oh, I want more health. I want this. Well, you find these things in the world, and... As you find them and go to the worlds, your character is leveling up with your adventure. Right. So it's just, it's it's not your traditional RPG, but it's, those elements are still there. And I've seen kind of criticism going, well, then what's the point of the battles? I go, well, the point of the battles is to get the coins so you can buy your special items uh, to make your, your bigger battles uh, easier. So, your boss battle, mind you, uh, and it's not always a traditional, or at least in this case, this game's case, the uh, the turns the turnstile uh, battle system. 
There's been a couple bosses where it's all kind of in the real time. You're running around the map and you're trying to use the hammer just normally. So it's not always constricted to that uh, that puzzle battle system that it has. So they change it up a lot in the game, which I really like. Everything always comes off as fresh. It's Nothing's coming off as overdoing it. Uh, and you can avoid enemies um, at will if you want, right? But the way the game's set up in which you keep progressing through the adventure, it kind of puts you in the important battles. Right. right? Okay, you're going to have to tackle this enemy now. Uh, this time you're going to have to do this. Oh, I unlocked this door. Oh, look, an enemy popped up out of nowhere. Now you're in a battle. So your random, your quote-unquote random world battles, you can run around them easy enough, but sometimes you kind of are forced to fight them and dispatch them to make your adventure easier. I really like this, Jay. It's it's such a simple game, and I, ke- I keep finding myself just picking it up in bed, playing for half an hour, 45 minutes before night. It's really cut into my Final Fantasy VI time, I will say. <laughs> You've been on Final Fantasy VI now for what? Six months? Seven months? Uh, since, I want to say, February? Yeah, when so like that? six when months. Was that, uh, when was that Final Fantasy episode we did? <laughs> uh, let me look this up. How long until you, um, you get into the spinoff games like yeah, Final Fantasy X-2 and... Uh, tactics and all that. Uh, I still need. I still need to go back and beat ten, but I want to play Dragon Quest Five and Bravely Default first again. Yeah. I, I, okay. This is going to sound like a really dumb question, and uh, it potentially will. But is Bravely Second a sequel to End Layer, or is it a sequel to Bravely Default? You're asking the wrong guy. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> figured I'd ask. See if you know. Turns out you don't. Yeah. So. We did the Final Fantasy episode September 29th, 2019. So I think I started it in February. I think I picked the game back up in February. Hmm. Yeah. It's just something that when I have free time, I'm not like stuck playing other things that I want to play. Final Fantasy 6 is... I mean, I have it on my Vita, so it's just pick it up and there I go again. So... And I have I've made notes so I don't forget like where I where I've been and what I've done in the story to date. That would be useful. Very, it's very useful. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> oh boy. So it, uh, the Paper Mario it has an eighty on Metacritic. It's got six point eight user score. That's the all the people upset that it's not an RPG, but in reality, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. So it's just haters that haven't played the game. It's a fun adventure. There's a lot of good jokes in it. I like the humor. Uh, I would say it's better written than Last of Us 2. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you played The Last of Us 2? <laughs> yeah, I played The Last of Us 2. Uh, it's almost like we... We talked about it a long time. I know. I know. But if a Nintendo game aimed at children has a better story than The Last of Us 2, that's saying something. Yeah. So, uh, I give I give Paper Mario high marks. I really do. Uh, I think the this is a case where uh, the eighty score I think is just being uh, overly critical. Because I think I I think after fuck when did Thousand Year Door come? I can't come out. Uh, Thousand Year Door. Um, 
Um, when Super was that? Mario. Oh, 2004. Boy. 2004, it was 2004. You think it's been long enough where the Paper Mario series just isn't an RPG at this point? It's an adventure game. What, 16 whatever years ago? Elements. Yeah. Fuck. People gotta calm down. Yeah, just a bit. Like, games yeah. change. Yeah. So, Sucker Punch made a game, Jay. Never heard of him. Oh, no. Never heard of the Sly Cooper people? The infamous people? Uh, what's an infamous? What's an infamous? Have you ever played infamous? Yeah, I played all of them. Okay, good. Actually, wait. You played on. Second Son? Yeah, finished Second Son. I finished... I think the only one I haven't finished is the um, weird like Halloween Bloody Mary one they did. Oh, yeah. What was that called again? Uh, Festival of Blood. Was it called that? I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, I was thinking of the something, whatever, light. Ah, uh, first light, last light, or whatever it was. First light. The, um, yeah, 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 the yeah, one for the spinoff Noun Chick from Second Son. <laughs> it's a game. Was that any good? Um, It introduces you to her story. Like, it fills in the blanks and crap that they left out intentionally from um, Infamous 2. Sorry, mm. Infamous Second Son. Like, you know how... um. Look, it's maybe six hours. It's done with the same engine. It's just a smaller map. It's like not a full price game, which is fine. It's it's all right. Oh, that's fine. Six hours. That's a decent. Amount. Man, I'm playing all these retro games. Like Streets of Rage Four is like three hours. <laughs> I I paid enough money for it. So yeah. no, look, I, I've got no problem with um first light or second sun. I mean, like they're neither of them are as good as the Cole story from like Infamous One, Infamous Two. But you know, I. You don't really expect that coming into these like newer sort of games. I got no idea whether they're going to make another Infamous, but um, if they do, I'm all for it. I don't hate them. The right. the the key feature though that like you're really getting uh, First Life for or whatever it was. I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's in that one. Um, there's like a survival sort of battle royale thing, or it's just like kind of like a horde mode, if you will. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, you can play as the character from Second Son if you've got that, uh, any data from that, or the Neon Chick. Um, you know what game I really want a third game of, but I'm probably never going to get it because they're too busy making bad games? That would be Prototype 3. Ah. I actually got the first one at a GameStop, like at a like a three for, buy three, get two free deal or whatever. You played it yet? No, I have it though. It's, um... A lot of people compare, like, Prototype and Infamous together because they came out around the same time. I think you were the one that was speaking highly of it. I'm like, eh, you know what? I get a free game. Why not? Yeah, no, I really <laughs> like Prototype 1 and Prototype 2. It's because sucks that the second game didn't sell well enough for a third game. Ah, uh, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very comic yeah. booky. Like, I'm um, right. in the same kind of aim as Infamous. But, like, look, when you check it out, check it out. Because, like, it'd be an interesting concept to do an episode if I've got some time to fill in about, um... Infamous versus Prototype. Ooh. That could be a series. That could be something. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy to go back and play Infamous 1 and Prototype 1. I've got a full playthrough of both Ooh. Prototypes on my YouTube channel, I'm pretty sure. Ooh. What is your YouTube channel, Jay? Uh, the Viva Legetti. There you go. Currently playing... Follow him on Twitter. Same as YouTube. Pre- there you pretty go. Pretty much currently playing through Final Fantasy Fifteen. I really like Final Fantasy XV. It's just really campy. It's a whole circle to win in combat. I mean, more or less. You don't <laughs> have to play that way. 
it's how the game feels like it wants me to play, though. I, I came into this because it looked like it was the closest combat that was similar to the remake of 7, and it kind of is to an extent, but... Oh, yeah, 7 refined the piss out of that. It was great. I feel like something's missing from this game, but maybe like further I get into it, the more the story's going to unfold, I don't know. I have a um, big monster... I, I, re- I, I, I like Final Fantasy XV. Look, I have a big monster truck-looking car thing, and it is white, and it has, like, massive-ass exhaust coming out, kind of like something from Mad Max. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, let's get to this. Ghost of Sushi. Ah, is that what your mom's going to call it? I don't know. Maybe. That's what I'm calling it. It's fun. What? Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, boy. All right, so... I'm guessing we're starting at the start. I mean, how do you want to tackle this game? I mean, we could... We, we don't have... Look, we don't have the crazy amount of criticism that we can go in-depth on on Last of Us Part Two <laughs> because that was very controversial. There was a lot of things worth discussing in that game. With what I'm seeing with Ghost of Tsushima, what the game's... Uh, how the game presented itself... What it marketed itself as—it's exactly like what this it, is a yeah it, it, yeah. I didn't get ripped off. It's a slam dunk. It sure is. It is a slam dunk of a game. Look, the little interesting like ad that yeah, can't talk. The little like um things that this game did that like hasn't been done before or hasn't been done in a good while. Like for example, the no minimap thing with the guiding wind. It's a nice change of fresh air. It's a it's a nice nice little change of pace. Oh my god, not having to like constantly pull up a map. Uh f- fucking fantastic. So, the way I want I'm curious to how you would describe this game between two games. Like it is X game and Y game and that's how we got Tsushima. What what are your two? Cuz I have my two in my head I've been sporting around. Um combat is a mix of I'm going to say it reminds me a bunch of Fallen Order. And it plays kind of like a good Assassin's Creed game. Okay, so I have the Assassin's Creed comparison, yes. Is it for Odyssey, specifically? I mean, the whole last-gen Origins Odyssey, yeah. Dude, you you got to admit... I mean, I mean all, all of the Assassin's Creed kind of play this way. True. You've got to admit, though, like, Assassin's Creed, I'm a Viking, looks like a fun game. But I would say how the world is built, how the story unfolds, and how you go about unlocking more of the world is like Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, that's a better comparison than the combat being like friggin' uh, Fallen Order. I didn't even think of that. It's been so long since I played Horizon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I love I love Horizon Zero Dawn. I've pl- I, I've I played that game three times. That's Horizon Wild because I haven't played that yet. Oh, it's amazing! You got to get it. I might. Got to get it. It's a very it's a it's a very good additive uh to the entire game open like you know what that that would go off on a whole tangent on Horizon Zero Dawn. Let's talk about Ghost of Sushi. Let's 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 so you are Jin, Lord Sakai, okay? Lord Sakai. A samurai? Yes, Lord Sakai. You are on the island of Tsushima and you are fighting off the Mongolian invaders. And I love the way this game fucking starts. Okay. Well, with the, the Mongolians the beach, come. The invasion. Yes. Yes. The invasion beach scene. You got all the samurai of Tsushima gathered together under Lord uh, Shimoda. 
And he's like, all right, let's do this. This is like fucking Greek warfare kind of deal. It's like, send out your best fighter. I will send out mine. So Tsushima sends out their best fighter, walks up to the Mongolian camp, and like, I will challenge you, you know, the whole honorable, if I win, you leave situation. Uh, The Mongolian looks at him, throws fucking, like, wine on his on his armor and then just lights him on fire he's like fuck off (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking rabid it's awesome it's like mongolians have no honor get out of my city wow (laughs) goddamn mongolians (laughs) oh my god it's just a it's just a bloodbath uh jin sakai uh survives the bloodbath on the beach approaches the castle solo because he still has that whole samurai honor to him uh, and the Mongolian leader, uh, who, who, whom, by the way, has his own fantastic story where he learned Japanese, he learned the culture and the people, basically the best way to invade the land, right? Yeah, for sure. He just walks up to Jin Sakai, kicks the shit out of him, throws him over the bridge. Jin somehow survives and he's nursed back to health by this woman named Yuna. Yuna. And she is not fond of Samurai. No, she is uh, not. She has her... And this is this is the best. This is one of the best parts of Ghost of Tsushima, Jay. And I know I'm kind of spearheading this uh, review here. That's fine. And what I think, but the uh, the 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 characters in the story. You have Yuna. You have the archer. You have the forge maker, who happens to be Yuna's brother. You have the uh, the monk, who I, whom I I just started doing his act with. Um, I I've only broken into Act Two here because I just I keep playing. Everything in the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you been maxed your character at this point? Like, are you at that point? Uh, where, I um, haven't. You. I haven't learned all the styles yet, but I I have like almost all the techniques. Yeah, yeah. Because like that's the thing. Like everything in that game just feels good to do. Like nothing feels like it's a task. Like it doesn't feel repetitive, which is such a breath of fresh air in like that whole regard of open world games because like you do the same thing like a hundred times and it's like how many times can i climb this watchtower and make this watchtower feel different to, to climb right so uh we mentioned this, it plays like assassin's creed and while we say that this does it better so it took that very working formula that assassin's creed uses and what sushima does to separate it is Instead of just making you trek across, like, the entire world map, and then you have to go point A to point B across the map, uh, I'm wondering if you played the same way, Jay, where you start out kind of in the north on Island 1 of Tsushima, okay? And as you progress through the island, you're unlocking more parts of the story along with more characters, and because you're doing that, uh, and also all the side missions make you progress a little bit further south each time. Right? Yeah. That's what I found that's what I found myself doing. So by the time I got to the southern part of the island, I realized I had done everything on this island. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for act 2. I've done like everything. You know, there's some things here and there that I I missed, but like all of the fox dens, all of the bamboo strikes, like I did all these things just from normally progressing through the stories and the side character stories. Yeah. 
Because, like, have you just, like... Okay, this is going to sound really stupid. For people who haven't um, played the game, they're not going to understand. But if you, like, just not put a waypoint down and just followed the wind for, like, an hour... I haven't done that. I always kind of picked a, a picked a place I wanted to go, and then... I mean, no, you know what? I'll tell you something I did do. I saw an interesting tree out into the distance on top of a mountain. And I just thought to myself, I'm going to go to that I want to go there. Yeah. I'm going to go to that fucking tree. And that's what I did. I went to that fucking tree and there was a shrine at the top of the tree. And as it turns out, it's a, uh, it was also a, uh, like fabled story to get a lightning strike. Oh, I, I never really used that after I, Oh, it's so useful. It's not, but so moving useful. on. No, I find it very useful. Okay. Yeah, I find it very useful. I find a lot of those strikes very useful uh, that you learn and the armors you can get. So there's a... there's a uh, Is he a monk? Uh, the, Let's call him a monk. The dude with the spear thing? No, 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 no. The, uh, the guy who tells the stories. I'm just going to call him a storyteller. Yeah, Let's call he's him a bard. bard. Yeah. So there's a bard in the game that tells these... Uh, Samurai fables, like this samurai, he was he was located in the south of Tsushima, but he donned a special bow and armor, and the armor was impenetrable to the even the best of bows, and then he had his longbow, and you know it just goes on and on. You must find the purple flowers in the distance of the south. Follow the purple flowers along the island of Tsushima, along the beaches. And you will come to a cave, and there you will find the bow. And as it turns out, like it's been moved, and there's people protecting it. And then there's the Mongolians also want this because they've heard the tales. And now and I'm on fire. It's really cool. Yeah, and now you got to light everyone on fire, and it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? We spoke about environmental immersion. Oh. Uh, in Last of Us Part Two. Did 2. we? We went to a lot of detail on how well that game did it. Shushima does I would better. say Ghost of Shi. I I would say it does it differently, but it's it has the same purpose to it. I would say it doesn't better. Like, I feel like I'm in Japan. I feel uh, like I'm. It's very colorful. It is well, <laughs> unless you're playing in your cinematic black and white mode. My uh, Karasawa mode. Yeah, that. Which I didn't okay, try out the entire minute, time. But... Like I I was going to it, and I just never got to it. I think you missed out. Yeah, I... I think you missed out on a really, really cool aspect of the game. You playing in Japanese? I've kind of switched between multiple languages while playing it. Because mm. I know that, like somebody, I, we both know is playing through the entire game in Japanese to make it like feel more authentic. I mean, it's totally cool. And and Sucker Punch did an amazing job making this. They made a game that felt like you were playing a samurai movie from like the fifties and sixties. They did. Like, and it's fucking awesome. Like, have you picked up on, like, I'm sure you've had this come up, like, one or two times, but, like, if you're not fighting honorably, like, um, what's his name? The uncle whose name I've forgotten right now. Um, Shimoda. Shimoda. He, like, pops up and, like, kind of, like, you get flashbacks back to your training. He's like, this is not how we fight. Oh, yes. He, he said oh, that to me. you think I'm playing honorably? He, he said that <laughs> to me a bunch of times. And, like, the thing is, too, because, like, I, 
standoffs and stuff like at the start of the game, like they're so easy. Like you feel like this badass samurai, but like by the time you get halfway through the second area, you're like, maybe there's a reason this game's called Ghost of Shushima, not Samurai of Shushima. Maybe, maybe yes. I'm playing so, this incorrectly. So uh, let's tackle this one one thing at a time. The environmental inver- immersion. As you're progressing through the island, it has different colors and seasons and and feels to it. It does, right? And it, it, like it's the most photogenic game I've ever played. Oh yeah, dude. The <laughs> the friggin' the photography mode in this game, like you can pause like mid combat, like just pause whenever and get some amazing shots, which you probably saw my Twitter. <laughs> oh my god! If you look at my Twitter, I love like making important battles. I put it in the Kurosawa mode. Uh. Uh, you saw the one where you fight uh, Ryuzu, a guy who betrays Jin Sakai. The Straw Hat right? Ronin. The Straw Hat Ronin. Uh, you know, he must feed his men. The Mongolians promised food and, and wealth and power. The former best friend of and Jin Sakai. There, there's the, uh, the, yeah, there's the floating lanterns in the, in, the, uh, in the little lake next to a bridge, and you're having an epic samurai battle. I was like, as soon as that fucker started, I'm like, oh my god, there's the bridge in the background. I'm all in black and white. The lanterns have uh, emit this sick, awesome white, gray, black to it all. I'm like screenshot, and, and I'm in the middle of battle, and it's like screensaver worthy. This whole game is you can just find yourself in a moment, and it could go on your background, like no problem. For sure, for sure. Like if you want to make a dynamic theme out of this, it's entirely possible. And the really cool thing about the immersion factor is. And this kind of ties into the Kurosawa mode, the black and white mode, that you can turn on and off at a whim. Like, in and out of battle. The only time you can't, like, switch between it is during a cutscene. Okay? Is the cutscenes in Kurosawa mode if you've got it on? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Really cool. Um, so, in Kurosawa mode, the audio changes as well. What? To make it seem like you're... you're in the 50s and 60s with that kind of static to it all that's, and maybe a little echo. That's and... amazing. Yeah, so I'm playing this fucker with headphones on and I can hear, like, distortion in the sound and those are arrows coming at me. Uh, it's not... Because if you play regularly, you hear the arrow, like, crisping through the wind and everything. But with the Kurosawa mode on, the arrow's kind of static uh, through your ears. And you're like, what is that? It's just like the it, it, it's it's hard it's I hope I explained it well enough but maybe it's harder to explain than I let on. It's really cool the clanging of the swords. The I will say this, uh, until you have like a fully upgraded dodge system and parry system, because there's certain dodge and parry techniques where you know the the light has to be red or blue, and if you don't have like the red te- the red dodge technique or parry, but you only have the blue you won't be able to tell the difference in Kurosawa mode, which makes sense because you can't see red and black and blue or red and blue in uh, black and white mode. <laughs> I will say uh, very quickly here. Um, uh, even if you do fully upgrade those dodge mechanics and all that crap, there are still certain things you won't be able to block, which makes sense. Right. You'll still, uh, you'll still have to dodge. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, damn it. Although so um, <laughs> playing that with Kurosawa mode on like during some of those duels would be a pain in the ass. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's attacks that, you know, unless you'll be there forever, right? You kind of need to. I found the parry system in this game way easier than Sekiro 
another samurai game that came out last year i had trouble with the parry system but that's that's fair enough i mean i didn't hit it all the time but it was way easier to time and way i think i thought it was way more efficient than what sekiro offered i thought sekiro was just fucking just hard for the sake of being hard as fuck get good jedi shut up I got good at Tsushima, and now I can parry in this game. What was Sekiro's fucking fault? Uh, get good, JD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get too good. Yeah. It was too high. So, where were we? Uh, let's see. We talked about the immersion, talked about Kurosawa mode, talked about the battle system. I, oh, the ghost and, uh, and, uh, samurai warrior way you can play. So they're as you play the game, and this is this is what I was very curious about, Jay, when we were uh, kind of previewing the game and my kind of worries and thoughts, is can you play both ways, Ghost and Warrior, or do you have to play one way or the other? Well, as it turns out... You can play both ways. You can play both ways. It's because one's a hell of a lot easier. In whatever style... One, one turns out to be a hell of a lot easier than the other one. But... As your character is completing missions and everything, depending on the type of mission you do, so whether it's like story related or just a simple side mission, uh, you will gain the experience points to uh, gain a reputation in the game. That is your that is you know your your warrior reputation. Uh, uh, progresses your ghost reputation. The game will tell you this. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, like when you're leveling up, how it tells you like what your current role is, sort of thing. Like the, the yes. wandering samurai, the whatever. Right. That will change depending on what style you're favoring as you keep playing. I didn't notice that. Yeah, because for a little while there, as I was kind of having my PlayStation uh, play session last night, I was doing a bunch of kind of side missions. To get more skill points up because I want to get the the moon stance now, and I was just going like my my style I've been playing is I'll I'll be a ghost using my smoke bombs and everything fucking assassinating people in the big story areas because I find that more fun and honestly a little bit easier than just having 30, 40 Mongolian guards come at me. Matthew Mongolian, right? <laughs> Mongolians, but I want that. I want to take out like half of them distract him and then take out the other half and then I'll have like three left. Which and, yeah makes you know, entirely makes makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. But the side missions, there's significantly less Mongolians, kind of like protecting a bridge or whatever. Uh I will just stand off, take on the ten, kill them all, and move along. Because I did a bunch of side missions, all of a sudden my reputation increased to be more of a warrior uh, in that moment, but as soon as I like did another mission, I was back to being a ghost because I've been favoring ghost through the most important sections of the game. Right. Really cool. I'm really happy with that. That was one big thing of the game I was worried about going in. Yeah, that makes. So, what do you think of the camera system? Love it. You do. I do. Do you know? Do you not love it? I like it, but it's a little wonky. I didn't experience anything like that. I mean, there's a lot where you your your uh, your camera's behind a tree or behind a wall. Uh, if you get too close to something, you gotta you gotta really turn with turn it with the character. 
Uh, the only but... the only time I had to like move the camera to like try to help myself do something was when I'm like climbing because that is one issue I have with this game and that is the climbing. Because like, separate example, okay, I mean, you're you're like climbing up the side of a cliff face, or you're trying to get to the top of a shrine. Um, you know how like sometimes you've got sure. to, you've got to like jump to the left or the right and like grab onto a tree branch. Yeah. I realized that if unless I've got the camera focused on that tree branch, if I've got the camera positioned like looking at the cliff face and I try to make that jump, I won't make it. No, no, no. It, so the game has what I what I describe as a loose targeting system. This goes along with combat as well. Which means you have to point your camera at your target that you want. So whether that's jumping or fighting, that's what will happen. Didn't have that for like I didn't have that problem with the combat, but yeah, for sure. Jumping, I'm all for. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a loose targeting system. That's that's the best way to describe it. Makes sense. So, uh, what I liked so. A lot of people uh, criticize the camera system, so uh, we haven't mentioned this. So Sucker Punch made the game. I think it has an 83 on Metacritic right now. That's kind of low, considering what I thought it would have been. Well, uh, I've, I've read through a lot of the reviews, and they all kind of touch on the same things, the same critical aspects. Uh, the game's not innovative in the sense of the open world it's not okay they you know it's it's too much like like what we described we can easily describe it compared to two games easily right and i get where they're coming from because in order for a game to kind of garner those you know nine out of ten reviews and higher it kind of has to be a game that separates itself from everything else and yeah i understand ghost of tsushima doesn't do that what it what it does though is it takes those things that have worked and it refines it in its own unique manner. It does. It puts everything that's been established in other games and puts the best quality version of them into Ghost. Yes. And what I really, really appreciate in this game... So the camera's wonky. Agreed. I will well, say no, that. No, no. I, well, the, How... the only thing I had, to, like, as I said, the, the I agree with climbing. That's it. So, however, I did mention earlier, Jay, that this game makes you feel like you're playing a samurai movie. He did, which okay. I completely understand. A normal game would just have your character, you know, your your the camera's at the character's back the entire time, right? Go into battle, has a hard target system, and you're always at the character's back, and you're just fighting one-on-one back to, uh, with the character's face facing the character, right, or the uh, the enemies, right, right. This one puts kind of a little sky view on it, and you're you're battling enemies from all sides. So that's what Assassin's Creed does, except it has a hard targeting system. With the what the loose one does is it get it allows you to manipulate the camera, so it's floating around, and that's kind of what a cinematic movie would do in fight scenes. So whenever I was in these fight scenes. Sure, it gets wonky at times, but I always felt like the battles mattered. Right. And it would always position, and if anything important would come up, it always positioned the camera to little specific little things. Like when you do a standoff, it's kind of bottom to the right looking up. Uh, if it's uh, if you got like seven guys around you, it's always kind of diagonal and to the left. 
or right, depending on, you know, your your preferred uh, viewpoint of the battle. Uh, You manipulate the stage, if you will, uh, to your liking, and it presents an interesting aspect rather than just over the shoulder. Right. That's how Ghost of Tsushima separates itself from other games. Really love it. Really, really love it. For sure. Like, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Like, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, just not a lot of games like that. Even Horizon Zero Dawn, a game I adore. I think it's one of the best games I've played this generation. Okay? Right. And that was mostly over the shoulder, behind the character the entire time. Right? Right. There you go. How does Ghost of Tsushima take that aspect and make it its own? Overhead camera, cinematic type view viewpoint. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yes, it does get wonky at times. It's not perfected, but hey, they're the first ones to do it. I'm, it's like a, it's like the first Assassin's Creed game. Sure, you might jump off some walls when you don't want, mean to, but it's the first of its kind. And so many games since then has co- has copied that. For sure. For for and refined. For sure. For sure. Um. All right, I gotta ask, what are your favorite parts of the story? Because a lot of Critics out there also say the story is kind of too one-note all the time. Maybe a little over-depressive, all the characters are very downtrodden kind of thing, etc., etc. What did you think of the story? Did you have a favorite side character, favorite moments? I'm further than you. I don't want to give too much away. I know. Hey, hey. Uh, Without totally spoiling, just say, like, hey, there was this certain act with uh, this side character. Or uh, the final battle with the Mongolian, because obviously it's, it's heading there. Okay, you expect there, this to happen. There's a sick betrayal that you really like. Look, you, you expect this to happen, but I really freaking liked the moment in the game where... Have you rescued the uncle yet? Yeah. Okay. There's a point in the game where Sakai kind of gives the middle finger to Shimoda and finally embraces the ghost. Oh, hell yeah. And it was freaking awesome because come that point, I don't want to give too much away, but you are kind of an outlaw and you're sort of. Oh, yeah. I was kind of hoping the story would go in that direction. I, look, I don't want to give too much away. Because it, 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 it's, it's well told that that's where we're heading, right? Yeah. Look, I don't want to give too Jin much Sakai away. Is, I, need, I need to do what I need to do. Uh, for the sake Your of the people in the island, working, and... I need to do this the way that I think is best for Shushima. Right, yeah. He's such a well-written character, too, because even the point where he has to learn the first ghost technique, right? Because uh, Yuna goes, no, if we do this the samurai way, we're... everyone inside will yeah, die. we're gonna die. We're gonna die. Like, don't do that. Take take it, like, do it quietly. And so the game uh, sets it up for the character to, to betray who he is. This is good storytelling and gaming, and you're in the action. This is something Last of Us 2 didn't do. For sure. Right? There's also... So... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, also, one of the side characters who pissed me off, but I liked her story, was the um the lady with the clan. Who, who everyone was murdered. Yes, Lady Adachi. And also yes. the story of Tomoe is freaking awesome. I'm really into the story of Tomoe. The, uh, so she's, 
for those that uh, don't remember or are in the middle of it, she is the archer prodigy, prodigy archer of, of, um, well, this archer. <laughs> she, she's the prodigy name. archer of the archer. Yeah, I mean that, that that's alert. what she is. But. <laughs> so the uh, the main archer coach, Jesus cat. Oh, I have more insect emergencies apparently. Do you want to deal with that? No, 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 it's fine. Okay. Kitty's got this. Okay, Kitty. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's a mud wasp nest outside my air conditioned unit, and they kind of keep trickling into the apartment. Why don't you take on the mud wasp nest and you know deal with it? Because I live on the third floor, and I don't have a 40-foot ladder. That sounds like excuses the, uh, to me, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, they congregate. It's fine, they're mud wasps. I'm not too, not too worried about that. Are you sure they're not like mud hornets? No, I'm sure. Okay. I, I know, well, I mean, they're, they're fucking wasps and hornets I, <laughs> either way, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, my favorite story is definitely the Tomoe story, because I'm very intrigued, like, what, where this guy went wrong, what did he do, uh, why, it, like, it also impedes into the samurai code, like, yes, most of the game is very kind of in the dark light of things, Yeah, but it's told so well, I don't mind that. For sure. Like, your big high moments are, I have saved, I have accomplished my goal, now on to the next one. I have, I have, uh, maybe I lived by the code of honor. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> I guess Tom will tell. Yeah. What'd you think of the naked uh, spa bathing to get your health up? <laughs> I the hot springs. Was in, when I was in Japan, I didn't get the opportunity to go to a bathhouse or a hot springs because I'm covered in tattoos. You didn't go to a hot springs and content, contemplate on uh, on the battle of battle of uh, battle on the beach where everyone died. No, but in the nude. But like I said, um, <laughs> if I, I when I was in Japan, it was one thing I wanted to do. But like I said, I'm covered in tattoos and didn't get that opportunity because I would have loved to have gone to a bathhouse or a hot springs and just contemplated. Mm. I don't know how that exactly that just... helps increase your health, but um. <laughs> It's certainly something. You you reach that piece of nirvana, Jay. <laughs> is that what it is? So are you telling me that he achieves nirvana and becomes a Buddha? I mean, he achieves a level of nirvana, which increases his health and stamina. <laughs> I guess. What, you don't believe that's how things work? Um, <laughs> I mean, how long do I have to soak in a hot springs to achieve that? Mm, I think that depends on the person, Jay. I think it varies. How long do you think you need to soak in a hot springs to achieve that? Oh, probably thirty seconds. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think it'll take that long. Dude, there's um, the third part of the map is like a snow riddled, like pretty much desolate place, and like there's hot oh, springs. There's like hot, there's hot, there's hot springs there, and it's like, don't know exactly why we're getting in here because you're gonna freeze your ass off when you get out. But I guess we're going in this hot spring. Well, I guess living in Australia, you've never uh, gotten in a hot tub in the middle of winter, have you? Uh, no, I haven't, because I'm allergic to snow, yeah. and snow can just piss right off. I did a stint of security <laughs> work in the uh, scare results last year, and I absolutely hated it. Oh, man. Never mind, then. I got I got some crazy stories I've done myself. All right, well, we'll talk about this uh, off-air. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. 
I mean, I've done I've done the snowboarding into the frozen lake before. Uh, I've done the hot. I've done the uh, the heated secluded the the heated isolated area in uh, uh, Portage Lake in Upper Michigan. Uh, <laughs> just hot tubs in the winter. It's not as bad as you think, Jay. God. It's actually quite relaxing because because you're uh, just think think about it this way: your body and your uh, I assume uh, intact genitals are in the nice warm water, possibly possibly with the uh, medicinal herbs in there, so everything smells wonderful. And then you're not going to really overheat because your top half of the body and your head is nice and cool because it's cold outside. Your your intact genitals. Well, I mean, come on, how else would you describe it? Would you not? Describe the intact genitals. I'll just describe them as scenario? like Wanoch's genitals. Why is that? Why is this? Look, I don't know. I don't know your genitalia situation, Jay. Why? Why do they have to be intact? Like, why is it a key point of this conversation that my tent? Are you telling me your genitals are not intact? I mean, they are, but is there's this some is it... crazy story that you want to tell me. Maybe off air, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get to that off air. I I may or may not have a scar on my nutsack, but we'll get to that off air. Um. Oh. Friggin', but I, I don't understand like the whole thing. <laughs> Is that of, gonna be on the Patreon? That's not gonna come. <laughs> do you have a Patreon? I can tell the story. No, I think we should open one up just for that story. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, but I, I don't understand like why you specifically had to say intact genitals. Look, man, it's the same reason. The same. Look, I don't take after my mom for no reason. If you hear her talking about the vegetable department, oh god, dude, <laughs> listening like to your mom, like I do not understand. Like, I, okay, look, are you embarrassed by some of the things she says on the show, or do you just find it entertaining? Because, like, I've got to say, yeah, it's entertaining. If my mom was talking about some of the stuff that your mom spoke about on that show, I'd be like, yeah. Don't really, don't really like where this is going, but okay. What? What? I mean, come on. <laughs> Your mom's a thirsty girl. Go listen. Go listen to the WrestleCast. Your mom's a thirsty girl. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> she's been she's been lonely for quite some time. Uh, how good? I think we've all been there. So moving away who from who am I to not who am I not to not to empathize? Is that the right word? Sure, sure. Why not? Whatever. So moving away from hot tubs with intact genitals into uh, fox dens, where I get to follow a Megitsune. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, or a Kitsuna, whatever it is. Uh, what did you think of that whole thing? Where, like, you follow the fox, you get uh, the little awesome shriny thing experience. You get to pat the fox, which is adorable. Um, did, did you like that progression system for, like, upgrading your charms and stuff? I liked all the progression systems. I really liked the additive where you can use a skill point. This was one of the first things I did in the game. And boy, did it pay off dividends. Hmm. Was... Uh, unlocking the skill point to automatically uh, channel the guiding wind to find the fox dens, the bamboo shoots that you can cut, the... uh, all those upgrades. I did that like right away. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like you just like follow the wind for an hour and say we end up. Well, yeah. I mean, found all the upgrades and everything. I've had a harder time finding the bamboo shoots to cut. Yeah, uh, but I found I think like every fox then I have all the charms already. Uh, I found all the hot springs. It's really it's really neat. I love that little progression system because the environmental immersion is a big factor of the game. Uh, it just added to it. It added to its most powerful element. Uh, that's what this game really does. It has a grappling hook, so obviously it's immediately a tier. 
<laughs> I mean, that's just how that them the rules. Like as bad as Halo Infinite them looks, rules. like unfortunately, a tier game. Did you watch that Xbox conference? No. Oh my god, what a disaster! Should I have watched that Xbox conference? There was nothing really announced no. on it that kind of interests me. That's the problem. Like the big announcement was Halo Infinite, and I spoke about this on the. Uh, retro gaming podcast because we usually we, you know it's been around longer than the modern and just whatever timely mm. uh halo infinite just did not impress it really didn't yeah look i can like when the majority this is microsoft's huge title that they're putting out for next gen and they made it come across like it's halo 3 i mean halo 3 was one of the last good halo games well, I kind of meant, like, graphically. Uh, no, I know, I know what you meant. I'm just being a smartass. Because, like, yeah. the last true good yeah. Halo game, in my opinion, was Reach. Like, they didn't do anything story-wise, because a lot of gamers are into stories in their games. It, they just showed off kind of this generic gameplay to it all, and it's like, oh, there's a grappling hook. Cool, It's I It's guess? funny that you say that, because, like, games for a while here were moving, like, just the multiplayer only. Like, look at... The Call of Duty games for there for a while. Like Call of Duty hasn't always been exactly what you'll call story driven, but there was a couple of them there that just came out with multiplayer, and that's all it was. Like there was no story at all. I mean that's, I mean that's a big fan base, sure, but where's the I I just the gamer I am, and the data just shows that it's not. Long-term successful, I guess, is the way to put Look, it. I don't know. It's just... I play games for it's... stories. Okay, but... here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. go here we go. I found the right wordage. Right. I found the right wordage. Go ahead. Uh, we talk about, like, appreciating the art form of gaming. Kind of like the same thing with wrestling, with anime and everything. Right. Like, anime seasons, you always see, like, an isekai, right? Wrestling, you always have that, like, regular three-star mid-card match. They don't do anything. They just go out there and do their thing. Right. right? That's what these multiplayer games are. They're a three-star wrestling match. They're not going to blow you away. They're not meant to. They're just supposed to make money, which is fine for the, the publisher, but for the art form and what it does for the longevity of gaming, like what mark does it actually leave on the industry long-term? I, I don't see the point. Like, if the point's only to make money... I, don't get me wrong, I understand that, right? But what have we... The problem I have is... You know what? We can roll this around with WWE, right? The problem is that it becomes such a trademark... Uh, f- f- come on, cat. I mean, I'm, t- I'm having a serious conversation here. <laughs> uh, it becomes such a focal point that that's all they see matters. Is that money mark, Right? What were, so, uh, what was the last true? This is this is going to be a probably an argument here, but what was the last like truly enthralling story that you've had actually watching WWE? I know they haven't watched in a while, but I just want to like get an idea. No, no, no. I keep up with it. The thing, come on, Jay. You know me. No, no, like, I keep I, up I with it, everything. Like, in ages either, but like. I'm sitting here and I'm genuinely trying to think of like the last true thing I was 100% all in invested in with WWE. I cannot think of it. Like the fiend was a great okay. idea, but like it was just fell so freaking flat. Well, I mean, I was the one saying this from the start. 
I was like, great character, but it's WWE. Good God, Cat. Also, his matches weren't <laughs> anything spectacular, but like great character. No, his matches were shit. Yeah, exactly. Like great character though. Like Bray. But what? Like what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if if the end result is always the same. Exactly. Right. And the end result of these multiplayer focused games is it makes money for the company. They don't care about you. So what we've seen is microtransactions and loot boxes and everything come to this. Yes, there's been there's been fallback to it in the industries being forced to change, right? No. But it's still going to try to do everything it can to fight back, right? Okay, so what about like a company if we can... like Rockstar here? Because like they're making a mint off GTA Online, Red Dead Redemption Online, but they still do put out hella good story single player flag driven games. Okay, so we can tackle that. Are you st- like, are you fine the- with them doing that while they're waiting on the next installment of like the next series? That's a very good question, because on the one hand, I totally understand why they're doing uh, what they're doing. Just like I understand why Call of Duty is focusing on the multiplayer aspect. That's what makes them the most money, right? At the end of the day, it's a business, right? Okay, I'm not the business. I am the gamer. I am the consumer. And as the consumer, when I look at a multiplayer game, when I look at Rockstar, my consumer base is I want the good game and the story. So, okay. Uh, you do I it? think. Go ahead. Do I think that Rockstar is using these resources incorrectly? Uh, I would lean towards more no. Because they're pumping out games that are critically regarded by the masses. Really good. Like I have my qualms with, say, Red Dead Redemption 2, which we discussed on this podcast. We reviewed. I loved it. You won. But I still, fan. I still loved it. Yeah. I still loved it. Like I, I wasn't in love with it. I was. <laughs> so use, good. Use the turn of phrase. But it was a really good game. It was extremely well made. Uh, they nailed everything that they needed to, but, you know, like, over-animation everything. Last of Us 2 suffered for that stuff. Like, there, there is a thing as over-making a game. There, that is a real problem, right? In Rockstar's case, are they misusing their funds? I would have to say no, right? And they're appealing to both fan bases uh, fairly, I feel. Uh, now, ethically, putting casinos in games and whatnot, that's... That's no bueno, right? That's an entirely different topic, which we've discussed in the past. This cat is crazy right now. <laughs> He's all over the place. Would you like to deal oh, with Sid? I've given you like three opportunities. No, no, no. It's it's more more, more fun this way. He looks like he's going to maybe settle down for a second. Look, we've got a lot of things here we could touch on. And like, if we don't end up doing an episode next month, maybe we can come up with a topic and discuss that. Because like, there are... We've mentioned a couple of things already, like, during this podcast, so we can probably get a good in-depth conversation out of. Sure. And it's all stemmed from Ghost of Tsushima. And that's that's that, that's why this game is such a hit. Uh, you know what? I'm curious. I sh- This popped in my head. All right. All right. Uh... Sales, Last of Us 2, because this is something I've been keeping up with. That hasn't okay? sold very well for the amount of effort they put into that game. Ah. Very true. So, it sold 4 million copies so far. That seems low. 
It is low based on their expectations because they were expecting ten plus million. What was in the first okay. month? Um. Yeah. Probably just about. Yeah. That's uh, kind of crazy, but okay. Uh. Ghost to Tsushima has sold. Uh, it looks like it sold three million copies. That's really good for a new IP. It is the so it sold two point four million copies in three days, making it the first, the fastest selling uh, new IP uh, from Sony this generation. Which you know is very specific, but still, it doesn't take away from this big success. What else are they giving us? Huge, like us? Hugely successful. They've game. given us Horizon Zero Dawn. They've given us, uh, I guess, Until Dawn. They've given us uh... Bloodborne. Yeah, that's another that's one. That's right. I. That's not a that's not a J game. Um, I've, like I'm trying to think here. So, other like exclusives they've given us, like Gran Turismo. I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, that's not a new IP though. Uh, sorry, no, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. But I'm like, I'm trying to think. Yeah, of, there's like, like 30, 40. There's like 30, 40. The gaming industry is built on sequels, just like kind of the movie industry and TV industry in a lot of ways. True, but like sequels. <sighs> You can only do so much in a sequel. Like, if you want a fresh experience, you need to come up with new IPs. Well, that's how that's how a company stays in order, right? You know, that's how they stay afloat. Yeah, I know. Like they, they that's why you what... saw that's why you saw Gorilla, um, and and uh, Sucker Punch. They've done in uh, Infamous, uh, um, Infamous, Killzone. Sly Cooper, and now. No, no, Gorilla did Killzone, and then they did Horizon Zero Dawn. Well, you mentioned Gorilla as well, which is why I was saying that, but yeah. Yeah. Sucker Punch, Sly Cooper, Infamous, Infamous, Ghost of Tsushima. Right. Right? Naughty Dog, Last of Us, Crash Bandicoot. Uncharted. uh, Jack and Daxter, Uncharted. Like, they keep going. This is how... This this is where, say... uh, the Tomb Raider creators kind of failed because when we did Angel Darkness, uh, you can kind of see the writing on the wall where the original creators, you know, after two of them, they were just like, yeah, we kind of want to hand these over to someone else, maybe do something new. Uh, but it was so insanely popular that they had to p- pump games out year over year. Uh, and that's kind of what we saw from Ubisoft. With Assassin's they're not, Creed. This is the problem. Right. Assassin's Creed was super popular and now they're pumping games out year over year and it works, but you're killing the franchise and therefore, when you do come out with a game later, you could revisit that. See, like later. Assassin's Creed One, good proof of concept. The two, like the Ezio story, like with two through Revelations, I really enjoyed. Three was kind of a letdown. Black Flag was freaking incredible, and then it dropped off the face of the earth, in my opinion, until Odyssey. Sure. Oh, Odyssey. I liked Origins. I didn't like Origins as much as I liked Odyssey. I feel like Odyssey took the things that Origins was trying to do and made them better. You know what? That kind of goes with my general Assassin's Creed opinion, though. I I, I like the one that did it first. (laughs) (laughs) I I always like that proof of concept game, like you said, to take your your phrase there. That's exactly what Watch Dogs 1 was compared to Watch Dogs 2. It's why I'm curious to see what Legion's going to be like. Oh yeah, I don't know about legions. Well, uh, my my jury's out on that. Look, we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. It's going to be later on this year. I'm going to get it because I I have co- no. It's coming out 2021. Isn't I it? thought it was coming out this year. Oh look, either way, like I'm going to get it. Like I really mm-hmm. like Watch Dogs too. But um, yeah. 
friggin' like I'm I'm excited for for Valhalla. I'm very curious to see if it's going to be as good as Odyssey because like Odyssey was a very good game in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. You didn't like I it. I think I didn't like it at launch. That's I've have you gone back and played it since then? But that's not? a problem. That's a big problem. I, I revisited it, and they fixed a lot of the leveling system that I had a huge issue with. The forced the forced RPG... The forced slow RPG system to encourage microtransactions. Yeah, like, I, Very I, I played that. it, like, four months later or whatever it was. Like, they'd probably fix a lot of crap by the time I got to it. Yeah, and I revisited it a year later, and I was like, okay, this is... Better. A little bit more improved. Yeah. I'm still... It, it's better. I'm still not crazy about it. I think a lot of the gameplay, you know, we, we, God, we've spoken about Odyssey a lot on this podcast. It's very, it's very controversial between you and I. Yeah. Uh, but hey, like we've got differing opinions on it, which it makes the conversations that much better. If we both agreed that like it, yeah, it would just be a kind of a boring conversation. We're just like kind of sucking the game's dick. Yeah. From what I've seen in Valhalla, it looks like they're taking the Odyssey thing that made it good. And they've taken a while out a lot of those things that I just did not like. That's fair. I wonder. I I, I we'll get back to Ghost of Sushi here in a minute. But I'm, I wonder if I'm going to have the option in Valhalla to play as male or female protagonist, like we did in Odyssey. Oh yeah, they already they already uh, confirmed. Good that. because like I'm going to be that chick that I was in friggin' what's him call it and just like slaughter everybody. Cassandra. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, man, I, the more I play the game, it just really hits home. Like, this is a game doing the formula right and kind of making its own just, just enough to set it apart. 100% agree. Uh, my favorite side mission is definitely the Tomei one. Tomei, yep. I don't think the grappling hook is totally necessary, but Fuck those assassinations when I'm jumping leap to leap. Uh, it, it's it's almost like I wish Assassin's Creed was more like this game, really. Look, maybe you'll get a grappling hook in Valhalla? Well, it's not the grappling hook. It's kind of just the way the game presents the battle system. I know what you meant. I'm just being a and how, Yeah, and how it activates. Like, if I could invoke... You know what? If Assassin's Creed, you can invoke Hitman-like assassinations because that's what the first one did it made it feel like you were playing hitman but you're an assassin going through time right right that's what i like the first one so much and i didn't feel i feel like the the series has become more action oriented which is fine i still like it it's just not what i fell in love with the series about i don't even think with that, that was Tsushima, an assassin's, like an assassin in assassin's creed odyssey it, it shouldn't have been called assassin's creed odyssey <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, that's the other issue yeah, altogether. True. But with uh, Ghost of Tsushima, the fact that you're playing as the quote-unquote ghost, like you're getting that reputation, and it's kind of encouraging you to use these these ninja techniques. The underhanded tactics, if you will. Right, yeah. Using a, God, I love using the smoke, just throwing a big fucking smoke bomb out. I really like the freaking... Enemies don't know what's going I... on. I'll stab the leader and run away. I love the current <laughs> I do, because like, it's just like, and... Friggin', I'm starting to lose this, and now you've got a kunai in your throat. 
Yeah, kunai, bah! And then you just dagger them. There's a freaking... Um, I have my dagger all the way leveled up, by the way. What a, dude, that is awesome. Um, there's one of the... Oh, I yeah. think it's one of the major charms that you can get where you can throw, like, five kunai at once. It's just, like, ridiculous. Yep, got that. <laughs> yep, fully got fully got that leveled up. There's, um, like... Uh, Using using firecrackers to just make the enemies just freak the fuck out yeah. and run away, and I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna go over there. Uh, I'm gonna kill the leader, and then it's just gonna be you goons. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the other thing is too, like um, with the da, 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 da. all right. So what what armor do you like? Where are you up to armor wise? Because like I need to know this before I say some stuff. Uh, I have the Ronin armor fully upgraded. Okay, so do you have the Sakai armor yet or not? No. Because, like, you can get the Sakai armor, and if you successfully do a standoff, like, with a certain charm and the armor fully upgraded, you can get, like, up to 10 strikes with the standoff or something like that. It's just, like... No way. Yeah, it, you can get, like, up to, like, 7 or 8 or 10 or something, like, if... Because, like, there's... I think it's 5 in total for the fully upgraded Sakai armor, and then, like, you add a charm to it to, like, double it or some crap. Oh. <laughs> so you just like go to a place, activate the standoff. If you do not stuff it up, you just like clear out an entire outpost. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like whatever, whatever way you play, you just become so crazy good at it. And yeah, because right now I got like three or four standoff abilities. So that's why I can just cut through the side the side towns like really easily. Yeah. And then with the, um, with all the ghost techniques, like I throw a fire arrow, uh, in the middle of, you know, one of those big dudes with an ax, uh, it explodes, light like four dudes on fire. Then I throw a concussion bomb, then they're all on fire. And then I, (laughs) I'm just watching all, I was like, I just killed like 20 dudes in 30 seconds. It was awesome. I feel powerful. I feel like I cheated a lot. And then I'm just looking at everyone like, yeah, call me a ghost. Do it. (laughs) Um, all right, Jay, anything else you want to say about Ghost of Tsushima? I mean, we could talk about this for just hours. Huh? The entire Discord's playing this game. K from Big o- Big Egg Joshi Podcast is playing this. You're playing this. I'm playing this. Uh, uh, Tori from the Anime Cast is playing this. Our whole podcast is playing Ghost of Tsushima. Right. And loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because it's a good game. Yeah. I'm giving this an S tier. I really am. I 100% agree with you. I would also give an S tier. There you go. Easy S tier. Hmm. Without question. So I think that... Uh, I think that puts it at our uh, game of the year right now. Uh, yeah, I think this is the first time we've both agreed on S tier game. It is. That's why it's game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. There we go. Typing it in. So, uh, for those wondering now, uh, Curse of the Moon 2, I'm giving a nice little solid B. Right? Sequel. They didn't, uh, they changed up enough. They added the co-op. Cool little things. I don't think it's enough to be an A. Uh, but I really like it. It's a B. Solid B tier. Uh, I moved up Dreams, uh, to an A because of the VR mode added. That's quite important. It's a big, it's, and it's, if it was DLC... Like you, that you had to pay for, mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider it. But this was con- this was part of the main game from the start, and they just had to delay it because it's such a big add-on, and then it was free. The free is the big aspect, right? 
And it's still in 2020. Still the same year. So, that's moved up. Uh, and then Paper Mario? <sighs> I think if it had a little bit more difficulty to it, I would have given it an A. Hmm. So I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it the gentleman's B. Nothing wrong with like an 85 score, I would say. Uh, yeah, that's that's that. Well, if you played them, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm still playing this. I am definitely gonna finish Paper Mario Origami King. It's real. It's also cutting into my Desperados Three. I was so close to look. There's so many levels in that game, Desperados Three J. But, fuck. I got, like, four missions left. That's at least four, five, six more hours minimum. Because <laughs> each stage takes, like, an hour to two the longer you go through the game. And that was a criticism of it that I saw some people make was Desperados 3 is just so long. It's like a stress test in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yep. So, Ghost of Tsushima. There you go. So just a little recap here. If you paid attention to my Twitter, I kind of listed, listed my uh, my personal games of the year. Uh, not based on favorites, just based on kind of my tier rankings. And uh, But if we go, overall, uh, go by overall tiers, not counting my mom's right now, because we do take hers into account. Oh, do we? Uh, different perspective. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, but you know our rule, and Ghost of Tsushima are our top three games of the year. I thought year. you put um, Ori up there in S. I did, but but my mom did not. Oh, okay. Right. She was not. She was not feeling that game. Interesting. She thought it was. She thought it was fine. So it only made an A tier. So, not looking good for Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make our top 10, Jay. Yeah. 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 So, I'll just mark that as Curse 2. Add that in. Good stuff. Oh, shit. What a mistake. Yeah, so um, redleafretrocast.blogspot.com. Go check us out. Got a nice little website there. I worked I worked a little hard on it <laughs> uh, to make it marketable in some way. Right. Uh, you can go check us out. Leave us a nice little review on iTunes. Jay, it's been great. Been another month. It has. Good little fun games. We got the PS5 coming out. The Sex Box. Got Crash. We got uh, oh, what's that? Cyberpunk. Is that actually coming out? You want Tony Hawk? Is, is Cyberpunk? Yeah, it's got a release date. Yeah, it's got its fourth release date. Or whatever. <laughs> Do you want to take bets? Is it going to get pushed again? I don't care. It'll come out when it comes out. Getting a PS5. I'm not getting. I'm not. I'm not buying Cyberpunk myself until the PS5 comes out. But I'll play it. Right. I have ways. I have my ways. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, also known as the um, retro store near you, which has game samples for you to play. 
Yeah, exactly. I like hanging out with those guys. Yeah. Well, why don't you like invest money and open up one of those stores here in my town, and then I can I can do the same thing. No, no, come on, man. I, I've read about Victoria. I'm not in Victoria. I'm in New South Wales. <laughs> yeah, that's close. Enough. I, I, I may live on the border <laughs> and have to go to Victoria for work, but I mean, yeah, see, close enough. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, Tepha, act like I don't know geography. I have a geology degree. Damn it! What are you, some kind of geographist? <laughs> geographist. <laughs> Geographer. Geographer. <laughs> Uh, all uh, right, let's talk. To, I'll be talking to my mom shortly about Ghost of Sushi. See what she has to say. Ghost of Sushi. Let's see if she agrees with us, Jay. Well, if she doesn't, she's just wrong. I, you know what? I, I, with so many people on the podcast and in our Discord speaking so highly, I think it's S tier no matter what. I really do. Until she gives it like an F, and then it like averages out to I a mean, C. <laughs> Then I'm like, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's not into samurai. It's entirely possible. Samurai's not for a run. Uh, mm, she likes mindless killing stuff. She really does. Which <laughs> is funny. Anyways. Another episode of Modern Gaming in the Books. Let's talk to my mom. And you know what that music means? Mom, we're back for another month of modern gaming. Modern. <clears throat> yes, modern. Recent games, not old games. <laughs> ha. They will be you old do someday. old games with other people? <laughs> I do old games all the time. You can, and it's funny you ask. We do the Red Leaf Retrocast retro gaming section. In which we oh, just, fun. Yes. We just came out with an episode over uh, animal protagonists. Oh, and, wow. Yes. When was that made? <laughs> what decade? <laughs> uh, we play games from all kinds of decades. Uh huh. What 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 decade? Uh, mostly, you know, mostly the nineties. Mostly okay. the nineties. Yeah. Sometimes okay. we hit the early, very early two thousands, and uh, sometimes we hit the eighties. All depends on what we pick. Hmm. We're no gearing... Atari games. Uh, we've done a few Atari games. I kind of want to go through what about phases. Game Boy games? We've done a Game Boy podcast before. Ah, okay. Yes. All right. In fact, Back if you want to check out the whole list of games we've covered for the modern and retro gaming podcast, you can go to redleafretrocast.blogspot.com to see the master list. It's a nice little section of the page there. You can just, you know, control F, type sure. in the game, and you'd be like, oh, they did cover it. Go to that episode. Uh -huh. Easy enough to find. Cool. So, Very Mother, cool. July has yes, come too. and gone. And you have a game you need to talk oh, about. It has come and gone, hasn't it? Wow. Summer's almost over already. I, I, I Good. I don't a... like this hot weather. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, when I can spend it at the pool, you know, and nobody's there. Uh, it's actually quite nice. And, and like, I need any more peace. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody at the pool, so I, I get peace regardless. Right. Yeah, bum, 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 bum. Turns out that at, at my uh, company, uh huh, that ninety-two percent of over two thousand employees prefer to work at home. Oh, you don't say! It's almost like there's a there's a virus or something going on. They don't want to go back to work. 
<laughs> I guess I, on the other hand, uh, would like to go back to work and actually socialize. Oh no! You come know, on, that's that's I, in the past. This is 2020. It's all it's all about virtual socializing. I, I have to believe <laughs> that of the over 2,000 employees, that the majority of them are not home alone. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's true. Correct. That's true. Most so, most people know, they, live with uh, these, this thing called a family. Good uh, God, family, Kat, get out of here. or you know, they have a partner. You know partner in crimes and all that so yeah, you know, we know nothing about these things i don't know anything about that <laughs> you know I, I just like to socialize drink beer wine vodka just something other than you know sitting in my four walls and going huh, what am i going to do today huh, nothing <laughs> okay <laughs> another day of nothing mm. I just had a... And, and, and you know what the really bad, sucky thing is? Is I'm never late for the office anymore. I don't have an excuse. <laughs> Nine o'clock, <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> no, no accidents to worry about, you know, other than, you know, tripping and falling in grocery stores or some stupid thing like sure, that. you know, Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bruise day. It's called bruise day. Bruise day. Not Tuesday. Right. Yeah, it's bruise day now. Um, Thursday, yeah. perfect, perfect to peruse and slip in the vegetable department, as you would, <laughs> as you would say. Not produce section, department. It's a department. <laughs> I work yeah. in a department. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, if we're anyway. on the topics of of strange just side talk, <laughs> it's always good for strange side side talk. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, made my lazy tacos and just going through. The uh, not the vegetable department, but the Mexican aisle, if you will. Oh, and okay. I saw the Serrano. Mexican department. I saw Serrano peppers, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna put these on my tacos." <gasps> oh, very good. However, very mm -hmm. hot. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, they're even. Yeah, they're even hotter than a Japolino. Yeah, it was quite a mistake to put two mm -hmm. of them on my taco. <gasps> Oh shit! I, I bit in, <laughs> so oh, I bit into one. And I was like, "That's really good." And then maybe four seconds passed. <laughs> right, I was gonna say seconds later. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no, this was a mistake." Hot I, going in, hot going. Well, this out. is what happened. I I I bit into one to test how spicy I could take it. And oh, I'm like, "Okay." You're going, "Oh, that's no big deal." No, no, no. So I was like, "No big deal, no problem." Just mm -hmm. so happened, as I cut the rest of that pepper out, because I was very curious, no seeds were in that one. They all fell out because there was a hole. Oh. Yeah. So, therefore, that pepper fooled me, and I paid the price. <laughs> so, yeah, like, my, my eyes were just watering. I just oh got I just got God. over it, like, maybe five yeah. minutes before I called you. Oh, <laughs> It was <wow>. really funny. <laughs> and then, at work today, a couple guys were really curious about like why I'm there, what I studied and everything. And I told, ah, oh, you know, geological engineering. And they go, they kind of mm -hmm. cocked their heads. They're like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, geology, but engineering. <laughs> <laughs> they go, so how did you get to work with guns? <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> well, powders made from something from the geological 
stuff, right? Yeah, I'm like, you Rocks know, chemistry or... and the whatever. Yeah. And it was it was just kind of funny. Like, wait. That's you... funny. I was like, yeah, I, I can't tell you, you know, making wells and looking at rocks. My priority coming out of college was <laughs> I can't wait to work with the making of guns. <laughs> what, what a skill I have developed <laughs> paying for college. Are you, making, are you actually making guns? Or are you making gunpowder? Or are uh, you I'm, making just, I'm just keeping bullets. it simple in terms of the technical terms. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Barrels, rifles, and carriers, and all those kinds of things that make cool. up a gun. Yeah, cool, right? I can't wait. I can't wait to come, come see you and... And and uh, go on a tour of this place. So, all are, they right, so allow, are they going to allow me to go on a tour? Oh, currently, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is allowed in this building. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, so what? I, on the other hand, because you brought in brought up food. Okay. And prior to you contacting me. I had just finished my uh, liner because mm -hmm. I really didn't take a lunch today. Right, because the older um, you get, the closer to uh, lunch is dinner time. Cor correct. We yeah, have right. liner. It, yeah. it is the rule. I've seen Seinfeld. Hmm. <laughs> Quiet. Anyway, <laughs> I made a pork chop. And I made fresh spinach. And I sauteed spinach. And it was so freaking good with garlic no no serrano peppers involved no no peppers oh. no no nothing that's uh i i may or may not um have uh, a, a residual effect of this dinner liner mm. i see mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was quite good i get what you're driving at <laughs> <laughs> it was quite good though all right <laughs> no hotness just a what would they say a southern comfort meal sure. the only thing i was missing that i had taken out that after the amount of spinach that i made um i left off the macaroni and cheese that i was going to add with it but i ended up eating the whole pork chop and all of my spinach so it was better that way this the macaroni and cheese would have would have uh, put me over the edge, and I probably wouldn't have finished my my meal. So kind of worked out good. Riveting, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the excitement of my day. Oh my God, this is what Pretty we. This is, this is what we've this come is down pathetic. to. It's pathetic. <laughs> I'm pathetic. You're pathetic. No, come on. This is great. You're, All right, you're you're singly pathetic. So, yeah, right. I have a cat. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, see, you're singly pathetic. <laughs> I have two cats. <laughs> All right, so All you, right. you, you, Moving you, yeah, on. yeah. Ghost of Sushiyama. <laughs> One more time ghost, for me. Ghost of Sushi. Ghost of Sushiyama. Uh, ghost of Sushima. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's what I said. Exactly. Uh, that took six yeah. years to make. Yes, six years developed what, what by. Is with, what is? Why does it take so long to make this? Is it because of the extreme graphics? That you know that the amount of of time that the graphics uh, take, 
or is it because when they first start, you know, they had this kind of graphics and now as time's gone on, you know, we're talking over five years later, the graphics get better. Um, that it, <laughs> I just don't understand why games take so, so many years like that. The last ones we talked about took seven years. And then this took six years and, you know, you had all these different developers getting in, involved in the game. And, and I'm assuming that nobody's going to stick to this uh, making of the game, uh, the, that they change out the, the people that are, you know, developing this game. So you got a lot of interactions of different ideas and such. Well... Unlike, unlike the, full of questions. <laughs> yes, unlike The Last of Us Part Two, uh, this one was developed by Sucker Punch, and it's a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, after completing uh, their latest Infamous, they they made a series of games called Infamous. Uh, they came out with one of the first games on the PlayStation Four, and then after that, they wanted to uh, kind of get the best they could out of the PlayStation 4 and come up with an open world game and thus, after much kind of inspiration from old samurai movies, they decided on a game like this. And that's what we got. So mm -hmm. we got this, uh, what, what, uh, why don't you explain what no, don't do Ghost that to of Sushiyama <laughs> Don't do that to me. Is, don't do that to me. You uh, do that to me. What what you uh, what YouTuber did you watch? <laughs> what did you see? How far did you get? Kind of situation? Well, I actually watched uh Rad Brad. Rad Brad, okay. Rad Brad. I've watched him uh in some other um gaming. Yes. Uh yeah. And and he actually um talks through it what the the guy that i watched last month there was no talking at all it was strictly watching it being played mm -hmm. um i kind of like rad brad because it it piques a little more curiosity about some things and and you understand probably a little better on uh on the game itself and so i choose rad brad as far as if I if I can watch him to watch a um, watch the game, sure. Hopefully, he's playing the game game of the month that we're discussing. Right, which yeah, yeah. he wasn't. Um, uh, I did not. Uh, was oh, not for able Last to... of Us Two. Yeah, I see. Um, all right, all right. So he was actually given this game prior to release, and and then uh, once it did get released and he um you know did a follow-up and such with it um and i watched i did end up watching the ending um oh you saw the ending of the game yes oh they i haven't even post, gotten that far yeah they actually post an ending to the game um which is what red bread does also so um I saw the ending. <laughs> okay. Did it make sense? Did you like the ending, or do you not know enough about the story overall? Uh, well, and and that's the thing. So I I only watch only watched uh, an hour and a half of it. Okay. So I mean, what is it? A fifteen-hour game, seventeen-hour game? It's a long game. It's many, a long many, one. Many, it's, many hours. It, it's a long one. It's um. Yeah. 
I'd put it up there with Last of Us 2 in terms of time. Uh, maybe yeah. not as long as Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, but this one is very different compared to those two, those other two that you've seen from the bigger mm-hmm. game perspective of 2020 mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, other than that, um, it was kind of a... Um, Pretty graphic, good graphics. Uh, very graphic with the blood, blood splattering. Well, it's a it's a samurai game. <laughs> yes, this is true. Off with their heads. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yeah. So, do you um do you know the story of the Mongol invasion of Tsushima, uh, in Japan? Do you know this? Do you know this no. story at all? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right, so uh. This game is more or less about that story, but they put kind of their own little fantasy so is it spin a story on it. Or is it a history story? It's it's a historic it's a it's a real thing that happened in history. Okay. So so think of it, you know what? It might be fair to compare this to kind of the Alamo in a way. In in terms of Texas history, right? The Alamo mm-hmm. was the kind of the last stand of Santa Ana, you know, uh yeah. Texas Texas independence, blah blah blah. Okay. And uh Ultimately, everyone at the Alamo died, but it it ended up leading to the uh, defeat of the big Mexican general and whatnot. Well, the Mongol invasion of Tsushima was the Mongolians uh, came to Tsushima, and I'm just I'll just give you a, a loose, simple synopsis synopsis in terms. So they they came to Tsushima, mm-hmm. and these the the, uh, the samurais. So think of you know like your 114 men. <laughs> against this huge Mongolian invasion, you know, coming mm-hmm. off their boots, uh, bo- boats, boots, boats, and uh, maybe I did spend too too much time in Canada. <laughs> uh, so it kind of like the beginning of the game where you just have that, just the the the, the small amount of samurai against this giant Mongolian invasion army, and then you just get slaughtered on the beach, right? Right. Well, the, except the, two people. Except two people, right? And then it's kind of the the slow uh, coming of the of the island to push the Mongolians back. While, uh, and I hope I have this right. While the loose history is the 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 small amount of samurais uh, were able to kind of more or less band as much as they could together to keep the Mongolians from using Tsushima as like their home base. And then to inevitably uh, invade the mainland of Japan. Mm. So, mm. Okay. Uh, without without this battle of Tsushima, then who knows? Maybe Japan could be Mongolian territory to this day. Mm-hmm. Just like maybe without the sure. Alamo, you could say maybe Texas would be part of Mexico. Mm-hmm. In its, well, it, it its own weird comparison, <laughs> it still is. <laughs> Some would say. <laughs> Some would say. Yeah. That border is a lot closer in. <laughs> so um, the game is all about this one guy who survives this battle, and he has to then gather basically more or less the people that weren't involved and aren't samurai and eventually push back the big Mongolian invaders, right? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a it's a slow trek through trying to uh, convince these these people to help you out because all the samurai pretty mu- all the major samurai pretty much died on the beach that day. Right. The right. whole game is kind of 
uh, learning about the Mongolian leader, what he did. Uh, you're facing, you're trying, you're you're basically trying to push back and take back your island before the Mongolians really, really just there. There's no, there's no stopping him, right? Right. Yeah. So what did you think? What did you think of this sucker? The sucker punch game. Um. You know, honestly, uh, the 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 battles were you know by towns and um, kind of like uh, you know that uh, when the guy gets into a town, he, he's got to collect things like he, like the character and in, in The Last of Us had to you know they they just go in these places and collect whatever. Yep, you collect resources. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you notice that you have to uh, follow the wind? To, that's a you know, that's a big point in this game, yeah. Yeah, following the wind, you control the wind. Um, but the graphics were truly phenomenal. They were really really good. The use of um, colors really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did uh, did Rad Brad uh, ever turn on the Kurosawa mode, which made the whole game in black and white? Uh yes. Like he, an old he samurai did, movie. Yeah. yeah. He did show that part, you know, that you could do that with the the game. And what do you think um, of that? Uh, one dimensional when you do that, it feels one dimensional. You know, it just you don't really. It black and white changes uh, changes feelings. I think. Um, it and, does. It, yeah, and so I I don't see playing that whole game in black and white that would just be boring to me so because what, the, the graphics are too vivid to to play black and white you know i'll, I'll tell you what i did and i Do found tell. i found this a lot of fun okay. was as i'm just kind of traveling through the world mm -hmm. i have mm -hmm. it in color and mm -hmm. then right before i think i'm gonna get to this like major battle and it's you know one of those like one-on-one -on -one samurai fights Blood splattering. Blood splat, you know, some Kill Bill type stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I turn it in black and white. Oh, that's cool. That's and, a cool idea. Yeah, and it and it mm -hmm. turns into, and the, the cutscenes are all in black and white too. The audio mm -hmm. changes uh, oh, as really? well. Yes, they, oh, they cool. really put okay. a lot of work into sound in this game. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So you can hear bird, you can hear different bird songs and, and, uh, uh -huh. and even if you change up the audio, so if you want Japanese dialogue, English dialogue, French, uh, the they they use different inflections on everything as well, and mm. uh, the Mongolians always speak Mongolian, which is really cool. So they don't, you know, it's not one of those where you you understand what if they're it saying. It goes to French. It stay. It goes French Mongolian. <laughs> right. They the Mongolians aren't all speaking French all of a sudden. It's just they always stay uh, yeah. Mongolian, which I think is yeah. cool. And uh, then there's when they're when they're speaking quote unquote Japanese. Uh, that's all the same language. So they kept the languages quite uh, quite consistent, which I really mm -hmm. liked. Yeah. So a lot of the, the audio and the colors in this game were, were a huge feature. Big thumbs up for me. Oh, so I, I didn't know that you could change the um, 
the color as you're going. I thought it was, you know, if you pick this, like the horse, if you pick the horse, you're stuck with that horse the whole game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't change it, you know, so that's why I thought that if you pick black and white, you can't change it. No, and I I had uh, paid attention to this game quite a lot when it was being made and about to come out. Uh And and they were, they, uh, they made a big emphasis on why black and white changes so many elements of the game. And that was the first thing I checked is, can I change this on a whim? And mm-hmm. you can change it whenever you want. So if mm-hmm. there was anything that I thought, you know, could be potentially really cool in black and white or different, sure. yeah, I tried it out. And there was this moment, and it's uh, my favorite point in the game so far, is when uh, you're trying to recruit an old friend slash rival of your main character. Mm-hmm. And he has his little band of well, bandits, I guess you could say, or mercenaries. And uh, he kind of betrays you and joins the Mongolians because, well, his his guys are starving and he needs food. Right? Gotcha. So it's kind of a last day. Okay. So he goes, uh, the Mongolian leader, you know, he wants, he puts a, he put a bounty on your head. I'm here to collect. And they have, uh, there's a, it's like something straight out of you. You'd see Kill Bill or uh, old Kurosawa movie, Seven Samurai from the 50s, where they're both standing in front of a Japanese style pond. Uh, there's, the boats with the little lanterns on them mm-hmm. all they're just covered all over the pond and you both are standing in it. And then the, the camera pans out and it's showing everything. I have it all in black and white. And, uh, oh, wow. uh-huh. it's, it's such a cool scene. I immediately like took a picture, threw it on Twitter. So, uh, uh, let's see if I can pull it up and send it to you. Actually, cause it's really, it's a really cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so well, while I'm cool. doing that, uh, tell are, are me, tell me some other, other so tell me some other things you liked about the are game. Are there any other games that allow you to do that? Cause, um, you know, change from color to black and white is this I've a, never, I've never played anything like that before. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's really cool. Very cool. Um, there you I, go. I, I sent it to you in uh, messenger. Oh, you did. Okay. Let me see. Really? Hmm. There we go. Oh wow! And that's and that's real gameplay. That's during yeah. the game. Oh wow! Huh. Yeah, and and uh, the clothes I'm wearing, like you can see blood splatter on his clothes. Uh, just the attention to detail in this game was so good, and I would say mechanically. It's not as good as The Last of Us 2. Like, there's a little things that are wonky here and then, but I would say as a whole product, this is a better game. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really come across anybody, at least in the people that listen to the podcast or a part of our community. Nobody hates this game. Nobody has mm-hmm. issues with it. Mm-hmm. Everyone truly loves it. And uh, you mentioned before that Last of Us 2 had a lot of people leave the studio. Uh, there was different directors and producers that came in and out this one as far as i know had the same team develop it from from well most you know people come in, in and out of course but the the main pe- main people involved uh-huh. stayed throughout the whole process yeah and started it from beginning to end right which is which you know it, it actually will show in the product it, it, you know at the at the end it'll it'll show whether oh, yeah. it works or not, you know, whether it meshes or not, it's going to show if you got inconsistencies for sure. 
Yeah. So, well, that's good. I mean, yes, granted, you're going to have people uh, going in and out just because, but as far as the, the main players that produce it, um, as long as they're still there, uh, they're, they all have, they're all on the same page. Right. They're not, they're not putting in their own two cents or, you know, Oh, well I have this different idea. Let's do this. Well, it doesn't really match up, Yeah. you know, so not, not good. Um, so, uh, Jen Sumurai and Lord Shimura. Mm-hmm. Um, Jin Sakai and Lord Shimura. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, Kutan. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Mongolian. Yeah. The you know it just amazes me to see um, how real these characters look. And you know, even to the the threads in their in their clothing and and you know just everything. It, it's like watching a movie. I I just really, uh, it's really cool to me to watch to watch that stuff yep, compared yep. to compared to watching Nintendo from the nineteen eighties. Right, know, right. It's it's a it's a totally different know, gaming environment. Yeah. Yes, it is. And that's why I think I can watch these longer or be involved longer than when you were playing a game back in the day, because it, it would just frustrate me. I, I, I'm a frustrated gamer. I, I can't sit and, <laughs> you know, keep being killed all the time. I just, uh, I understand. Not, yeah. Uh, but the the graphics from then to now is just amazing. Always improving, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the other main crux of the game, and I'm curious to your thoughts over this, is uh, the quote unquote honor of the samurai. Okay, because mm-hmm. you can walk up, you can walk up to these towns that are taken over by Mongolians, or meet them right. meet them on the roads, if you will. And there's a button where you can just challenge them outright, be a true samurai, you know, face off. And, you know, you can up- upgrade your skills and whatnot, like many of the other games you've seen on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, stand off, take them out, upgrade. You can take out like three, four, five, ten guys at a time. Mm-hmm. Kitty cat, what's your deal? Oh, come here. <laughs> uh, or because uh, you meet a character named Yuna or Yuma, whichever you know and she is worried about someone who's captured her brother and he or she uh convinces him to go in quietly don't do what the samurai would do because you will you will get the captors killed or yourself and then that helps nobody Mm -hmm. and so this leads to unlocking ghost abilities aka become a ninja basically all right which is not yeah, and that Being was an what I didn't samurai. get. I wasn't really sure where the ghost even, you know, what what that was about because I wasn't getting it. Yeah, it takes a little I, while to get in. Uh, yeah. But as you play through the game, you start encountering situations uh, that might benefit one play style over another. Do you want to be the badass samurai that just can take out people quick or do you want to pick them off one by one? Because maybe there's just too many people there. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and I found myself, if there was a huge area, I would pick off chunks and, and sections of the Mongolians using the ghost abilities. You know, big smoke bombs, uh, uh, daggers, uh, and then for the smaller areas, or when there's X amount of people left, then I would just say, hey, come out and fight me, right? So, uh, and that... I thought was an interesting way to bring about how you can play the game. It leads a lot up to the player, which was one of my big criticisms of Last of Us Part Two, just to reference a more recent game that we've played. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you didn't quite understand the whole ghost ability, or maybe you just didn't. Correct. See I did enough. not understand. I I I thought that. <laughs> well, I'm thinking the ghost of. Uh... Tsushima was going to be one of the guys that comes back and is a ghost. Oh, you you thought the literal term of it? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a there's a there's a really cool moment because uh, so you're 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 going through towns. At what point and, do I become a ghost? Oh, so I, I'm you... I'm explaining that. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so sorry. You're you're going through the island. You're you're liberating towns. You're gathering uh, people to rescue uh, the the character's uncle, the Lord. Okay, uh, you rescue him only about a third of the way through the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right when you get to a forge area, uh, you rescue Yuna's brother, and and he's a he's a uh, master of the forge. So. Needs to build weapons, uh, take back this big town, this iron town. And here comes a ton of Mongolians. And you and Yuna just destroy all these people, utilizing wow. all skills that you have available. Uh, and there's just so many, you kind of are more or less forced into a situation to just murder all these guys at any cost. And upon beating all these people... There's the uh, the people in town that were hiding, and they all see uh, Jin kill all these Mongolians in these in this wild way, right? Mm -hmm. Smoke bombs, exploding arrows, <laughs> fire, all kinds of things. And him and Yuna, Jin and, and Yuna, look at each other and are like, "Hell yeah, we just accomplished that. We saved all the people, right? Good for us." It's almost like a a high five with their eyes, and. Mm -hmm. uh, they got a smirk on their face, and then Jin looks back at the people, and they're watching him, and the people then say, I've never seen a samurai fight this way, and they look frightened of him because of his actions. They were mm. unbecoming of a samurai, right? And so they're very hesitant, and then Yuna says the words, No, he is a ghost. Uh, he is a ghost because he is the vengeful spirit of the fallen samurai that will drive back the Mongolians at all costs. Which was uh, actually his father. No, his father uh, died because he was a coward when he was a, a young uh -huh. boy, a young lad. Yeah. His father hmm. was murdered by a thief or something, or someone, and um, his father begged him, from help, begged him for help, and he, uh, he hid for his life. He didn't save his father, and it kind of haunts him to this day. If he was more brave or stronger or what have you, it's kind so of one of his. The, yeah, but isn't the the ghost 
So that that sword is actually the ghost of his father for him to get revenge for what he didn't do for his father? Uh, it's definitely a character motiv motivation for him to be mm -hmm. stronger. Mm -hmm. I, I, maybe, maybe there's something later in the game I haven't experienced with where more will be revealed. Mm -hmm. How yeah. far into the game are you? I am probably, if I'm to put a percentage out of it, I would probably say I'm 40, 45%. Okay. Yeah. I've also been playing a couple other games for the month that I discussed with Jay that I also had a lot of fun with. It wasn't kind of that one month focus like I did with Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> uh-huh. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Paper uh -huh. Mario came out. Uh, I played a game with Joey for a number of hours. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was just lots of fun. Because he's on quarantine, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, he's definitely quarantined. <laughs> yeah. he's 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 got something, some kind of virus, right? Uh, well, yeah, you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> And what's funny is uh, you play, we played a game called Grounded. So, there you go. <laughs> that was appropriate. <laughs> Very appropriate in hindsight. Oh, funny. Funny. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a samurai game. I, I expressed my, my opinion with Jay that said I felt like I was playing an old samurai movie. Uh, I was yeah. very, into, I was very yeah. into the story. It's very yeah. dr dreary. It's very serious. It's dark. Yeah. It's dark, it's a but dark. Uh -huh. I, thought, I thought it... Uh, I thought it was very consistent. It hit its tones quite well. Yeah. If you like sword fighting and and blood splattering and uh, want, you know, to me, to be able to play a game in black and white or color, mm -hmm. you know, and... Um, Which is weird cool. coming from you since you watch a lot of black and white shows. However, here's the thing: there's a there's a difference oh. because the the black and white shows were were made for specifically lighting and everything changes specifically for black and white and and one uh, producer was Alfred Hitchcock who liked playing with black and white with light oh they did a lot of that with this game in the black and white that's why i kept yeah. going back to it and, and, it, and, and it's not easy because no. you you're you really have a different mindset because you have you only can work with you know the light and how it plays off of of certain um materials different different things you know that that if you have color, you you already know that color. It's going to be light. It's going to be muted. It's you know. Sure. But when you have black and white, you, you there's a lot more to it than just black and white. Yeah. And from the picture, um, seeing that uh, they did a they, they did a good job. Oh, a phenomenal job! And the yeah, fact that very the, very dramatic because black and white can be very dramatic, and they did do that. The sure. fact, the fact that the audio also changes when you put it in, in black and white to make it sound like it's from that era, uh -huh, what was uh -huh. a real cool touch. Uh huh. Huh. Yeah. So, you've also well, what, I'd like to see it when you play. Oh, I'll when pull you play it up. I will black and white, I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to I'd watch love you to play it up sometime. For you. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd like to see that. 
Um, the ending, uh, I won't tell you the ending, but okay. um, I was surprised at the ending. I didn't expect that. So I didn't expect that type of ending. I have, I was... my, I have my character theories over a mm. lot of these people that uh, disappointment, betrayal. Can I say whether I was betrayal? happy or sad? Of course you can. I was happy, sad. Happy, I was mainly sad. sad. Oh. I was mainly sad. <laughs> I'm more or less kind of expecting some uh, some Alamo moment. Yeah. It, it to, was, to there was my no Texas there childhood. Was no there was no dramedy. There was no dramedy. It was oh, that's pure. Good. Yeah. It was it was drama. So you also played Neo 2 this year, the other kind of samurai sword fighting blood and guts game. Mm. How would you compare that to this one? Or this I don't one know. to that. I'd one. have to get my notes. I didn't know oh. I was on a I was having a test. It has it has been about I want to say five months since you've seen yeah. that game. <laughs> yeah. But your overall, your overall uh, grade then. Yeah, I would, I would get definitely give this a two thumbs up for, um, for the type of game that it is for sure. Mm -hmm. I did enjoy it. I, I went through all of part one with rad Brad. So that was an hour and a half. And I almost went to part two, but I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Because then there, <laughs> so then I went straight to the ending. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You missed the whole middle. <laughs> yeah. So I missed the whole middle. <laughs> Just like I went to, I go, oh, I know what the ending is. And we had talked about Last of Us, the ending, right? So I right. got to see the ending of Last of Us. And I go, oh my God, that was so lame. <laughs> <laughs> That was so bad. But you like this one, so that's good. Okay, yeah. so two thumbs yeah. up. Uh, yeah. S, A, B, C, D, F. What do you got? Oh, I give it a. Uh, I would give it a B plus towards only a, the only a B plus plus, plus B plus plus. Okay. So what's keeping it from the 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 higher from grades being an for a? you? Yeah. Um. Well, what really struck me uh, was the 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 graphics being very graphic with the blood splattering, blood splattering, literally. It's too mature uh, for you, you mean? <laughs> literally on the on the camera thing. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! So it's like an an eighty nine for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm I'm not a a fan. I never have been uh, a fan of real graphic uh -huh. um games um but you know a lot of people like that i wasn't i wasn't a no fan I, of the, I understand i understand <laughs> wasn't a fan of the uh graphics from um uh last of us with the uh violent graphics oh no i'm gonna mute i'm gonna mute this a second i gotta cough really bad <laughs> Oh boy! Woo! Okay. I'm glad you survived. <laughs> so, uh, one last little bit of info, and then we'll uh, we'll clock out here for the evening. Okay. Is this is the best-selling physical game, uh, or best-selling game, and it's uh, more or less debut week uh, for first party. And what that means is it's not a sequel, basically. Mm -hmm. It's the first of its series, and it uh, mm -hmm. it sold more than 2.4 million 
already. Wow. So it's a rousing success. Uh, I expect this game to continue to go up in sales with its uh, really, really good user reviews and feedback, uh, even though some cr some major critics kind of criticize it for not really breaking grounds in the gaming industry-wise. It, it mm -hmm. doesn't break... It doesn't really do anything totally new, but gotcha. what it does, what yeah, but what it does, it does very well. So it's just yeah, you know, in order to get those like nine, ten, ten out of ten reviews, uh, mm -hmm. you need to do something that no one's ever done before. Basically, change the so, industry in some way. Is this rated R? It's rated M for mature. So gaming has uh, wow. oh, E for that's right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> e, ha e for everyone, I'm T in the for team, ratings. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, it would be rated R if if it were, yeah, if we're comparing it to a movie rating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you really liked it. Uh, I'm still going to put I you did. down for an A. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you yeah. You B plus plus, you can't do that. I'm yeah, rounding up. I can't do that. All right, make it an A. It's your only A of the year, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. This wow. was your two, four, six, seventh game of the year, mother. Wow. Yeah. Huh. How about that? So it's going to be slow for the rest of the year. Uh, I'll be curious to what other games we might slip in here in and out. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of making a slow list as we go about the months since um, it's supposed to be E3 going on this summer and supposed to have a bunch of games coming out for the rest of the year. But with the new consoles coming out at year's end, who knows at this point? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, hmm. We shall see. We shall see. All right, Mother. Hey, thanks for having me. Can't wait to have you again next month. Thank you.